0: hey everybody this is brett
1: and i'm christian
0: and you're listening to the gilded films podcast
1: the best of 2016 and welcome back to gilda films podcast uh if you're sticking around or if you stuck around i'm sorry with us wow it's been one of those days if you stuck around with us you've already listened to uh the 2016 nominees for best picture with that big winner there being la la i'm sorry once again it was moonlight moonlight was the big winner that year so um, that was pretty fun we got to watch all those films and then uh well we're back here with the best of 2016 We have five movies. Yes, we have five movies that we're going to be talking about. And then a hell of a lot of honorable mentions. Because this is only, this is less than five years ago. We were aware of these movies. We saw these movies live. Uh, So yeah, so uh, we'll get that rolling here in a second. We'll do our favorite little uh, personal awards here. A new sort of twist on those, which I think is pretty interesting. And uh, as always, here's Brett. Hello, Brett. Hello, hello. And back with us is the one, the only, the Zay. Hello, Zay.
2: I'm just going to change my name to The Zay. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, people of Earth and others.
1: Hello, and thank you for joining us again. Um, I don't know, The Muppet Show. <laughs> <laughs> I had to plug that. Anyway, all right, go ahead, Brad, take it away.
0: No, yeah, I. You know, I it's funny you mentioned like that we have so many honorable mentions. I think part of it I'm thinking back to 2016 watching these movies and if there was ever a year plus 2020 of course where like movies were an escape 2016 might have been that year because there was a lot of shit going on and it, it was it was nice to go actually go to a theater and watch these um and nice to revisit them as well so yes like Christian mentioned we do have five films today we seem to never do this the same when we have more than five like best picture nominees but The way it started is we each picked one and then we um, each picked one to go to a vote um, on Twitter. And then we had, you know, we had a winner there and then we had one. where like, we're all going to watch this anyway. So we might as well discuss it. So we threw it in there too. Um, So five movies to go through here. And then we
2: said, fuck Zay's other pick. (laughs)
0: hey i put it forth but no we actually uh zay's pick for the vote was the witch and if you do want to hear thoughts on it uh zay did join us for our um top 10 horror films of all time episode and i know both of us had it on our list i don't know if christian did um but we both kind of went into a little bit there and we'll touch on it in our honorable mentions today as well Uh, But for the five big ones we do have, again, these are ones that were not nominated for Best Picture. Uh, One or two of them might have been pretty close. The other three, not so much. But let's go ahead and dive in with our first film here. Christian, would you like to take us away as this was your pick, your first pick?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, So my first movie was a film called 20th Century Women, and it was directed by Mike Mills. And it is about four women living in Miami. There is Blanche, there is Rose, there is Dorothy, and there is Sophia. And they are a little bit older women. And the film is basically about their lives, the shenanigans, being older women, still having tons and tons of sex, and just uh, living the dream in Miami, Florida. And they are 20th century women. I would absolutely watch an indie remake of the Golden Girls. (laughs) And Brett didn't think I could fit a Golden Girls reference into this show. I'm impressed. That was pretty good. Thank you. I planned that today. (laughs) Anyway, the real plot of 20th Century Women. Now this, okay, the plot of this film, I had a little bit of trouble thinking about it so i'm gonna sound super scripted here because i did write this down and i never do because if you listen close enough i ramble a lot but okay here we go so 20th century woman the film is about dorothea fields fields played by annette benning who is raising her teenage son jamie who was played by lucas jade uh zuman in 1979 california they run a boarding house and live alongside carpenter william who is billy crudup is that how you say that last name i think so yeah, we'll see. and photographer Abby who is a uh, Greta Gerwig yes Dorothea and her son don't always see eye to eye so she enlists the help of Abby and neighbor Julie who is Elle Fanning in helping Jamie go through life and understand who he is and how the world works from the POV of these women so I have uh, seen this film before I don't think I liked it as much as I did on this watch I do like it now a lot I think it's some of the best or the better writing in 2016, original screenplay-wise. Mike Mills also directed the film Beginners with the late Christopher Plummer. That's what he won his Oscar for. And I guess that's like also semi-autobiographical, like this is, which if that's the case, like he had some very interesting parents, Mr. Mills had. Um, But no, this is a, it's a good film and it's a super great cast. Like Annette is really good. I really love Greta Gerwig in this and I really love Elle Fanning in this. So those two... And Annette as well. And also Billy and Lucas. They're all pretty good in this. Um, but I don't know. It's it's well edited, I will say. Because it doesn't always feel like a linear plot to it. It jumps from point to point. Um, character to character. Because each of them sort of get their own little... Like, who are you? And what are you all about? And how do you fit into this story? But yeah. It's, a, it's really good. And it's on Netflix too, I believe. If anybody wants to see it. Because it's one of those... I think it's one of those underrated films of 2016 because I know a lot of people were talking about it in terms of like Annette Benning getting an Oscar nom or something and it never came true. It did get one, um, I'll go ahead and say what it won, it, or what it was nominated for, because it was nominated for best original screenplay. It didn't win that, but I mean, a worthy, worthy nomination nonetheless. But have you two, you two have seen it, I assume, right?
2: Oh, uh, we were supposed to watch this movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah no, I did watch it back in 2016 too. Yeah. yeah
2: same. I don't know if I watched in 2016. It might have been
0: 2017. But... Yeah true true same. But yeah no, I I'm kind of on um, you know the same boat as you Christian in that. And this was the case for a few films that we're going to discuss today where I watched it in 2016, uh, really enjoyed it. You know it, it was four out of five stars. Um, now it, it's I enjoyed it even more. Um, I really like just how it employs the setting, you know, being set in 1979. Um, Not just for, you know, sometimes it happens and it's just like nostalgia overload. And I think there's some of that here, but I think it's just a lot more organic and thinking about where each of these characters come in on that timeline. Um, Because like Dorothea, Annette Binning's character, you know, she's kind of living in this era, but, you know, she was obviously born, um, they say the year, but, you know, during the Great Depression, um, and so she's on a, a bit of a different wavelength than some of the other characters in the film, all of which are, or most of which are significantly younger than her. And her character is just really interesting because she is a, uh, her, you know, her parenting style is certainly progressive in some ways, but she is also traditional in other ways. Um, like there are things going on with Greta Gerwig's character and even with Billy Kredip's character and especially with her son that she's just like, nah I don't get it. I don't. I don't get what's going on here. Um, I agree on Greta Gerwig. I think she's pretty fantastic here, and I think Abby is the most interesting character in the movie. Um, it's not a case where I would say like you know, oh, I'll, I'll fault the movie because it didn't follow her instead, but um, her story was usually the most interesting to me, and kind of her her journey and um, the direction she takes and her relationship with music and the way she shares that with Jamie and yeah like you said the the editing is really good too I like how the kind of like archival you know footage from the different eras it portrays and like especially the way it uses voiceover during those times because so often when we have voiceover it's one character who kind of serves as the background narrator and in this one you've got nearly all the characters who provide it at some point but mostly Dorothea and Jamie which is so fitting because it's about their relationship and we get both of their perspectives at different times, which is really cool. I really love the scene where she's talking about, you know, Jamie will grow up um, not knowing before Vietnam. Uh, He'll grow up and, you know, he'll be of age in the digital age and so on and so forth. And um, her even projecting to her own death. And when that comes, Um, really interesting stuff. You can tell it's a very personal film. You can tell that Mike Mills is writing and directing this from an a autobiographical place. Really good screenplay. I'm glad it got nominated there because I think that might be its strongest aspect. Um, I think that's one category where the Oscars got it right in giving it to Manchester by the Sea. But this would have also been a really deserving winner because um, it's really impressive how it just really fully captures each character and gives them all their own unique quirks and whatnot.
2: Um, I agree. Brett took all of the points I was gonna make. <laughs> Sorry. I guess I'm a professional, I can come up with some new things. Um, but I agree this is a very strong year for uh, the original screenplay, as we'll find out later in our personal nominations, because I left out like four or five different ones where I was like, but that one is also good, that one's also good. Um, but 20th century women did end up in my own personal nominations. Um Uh, it's just so it's it's one of those screenplays it's just so this movie is nothing without the screenplay the screenplay is the biggest structure of the movie and I that's just like my cup of tea I fucking love movies like that I just love very writerly movies um but um yeah I agree I am a person that um when a movie doesn't have a straightforward narrative I'm just like I don't know about this one because it's always the same ones people talk about on Twitter and Letterboxd and I'm like I don't know y'all this one's not doing it for me but um this one definitely makes it work very well especially because it takes so much care for each character it wants to have a focus on and like it's a movie that's like all of these characters have faults but I love them And I think that's what really carries the movie is the love that the movie has for its characters. And I love that in a movie as well. Um, Like Brett said, the music part of this movie, I thought really like just had very interesting choices but very potent choices and that's what I like. I don't like hearing the same like 60s and 70s songs like, oh, guess what? We're in oldies London, here's London crashing like stop no but this was you could tell there was care put in this there was thought put into this and uh, I agree that like the monologues are like some of my favorite parts it's kind of like I know this isn't based on the book but it feels like someone put a book on the screen and that's what I really like about it um like especially Dorothea's uh monologue about her future and like how she knows she's gonna die and uh, that part really got me And, you know, it's just a very good movie about growing up and growing older and how each generation is dealing with their own mortality and it means something in different ways and uh, it's pretty good. Like, when I first saw it in 2017, I knew it was a
1: special movie, but it didn't stick with me.
2: Now that I've seen it again, I'm just like, oh, it is indeed special and I will definitely keep this movie with me.
1: I like yes. that each of them get their own ending too. It's not like an open ended thing of like, what happens to this character next? Like we learn what happens to Abby. We learn, obviously like what Zay was saying, Dorothea tells what happens to her, what will happen to her. So we get closure on these characters that we end up really, really falling in love with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, and- it's like we're also growing, like as Jamie's growing with these people, we're also growing up too.
0: Yeah. And I guess mild, like spoiler alert here, but the, the final, like the ending itself is so beautiful. Cause I think I don't, I don't have the exact line written down, but Jamie's character says, you know, like, like the others, he projects his future. He says, I will have a child one day and I will try to explain to my kid who their grandma was and I'll be unable to do it um, to put but it into part, words. Yes. And it's just like, it, it wrecked me. Um, I was like, this is someone who got, had such an interesting and fascinating relationship with his mom and um, clearly had a lot of love and just like has this feeling of, like if you don't know her, you don't know her. Um, and it was just the perfect way to cap off that movie and that character.
2: I'm emotional now thinking about it. Fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's one of those underrated movies because you don't really hear a whole lot of people talking about it, you know, because it doesn't have that best picture staple to it. So it's not being talked like an arrival or La La Land or Moonlight. Yeah,
2: I but- I remember
1: it's on Netflix, so watch it. Yeah,
2: I remember on Tumblr. Tumblr really caught on to it, and then like the Oscars happened, and it was like one of those movies people just stopped talking about because it didn't have a bunch of Oscar buzz, and then saw people like like saying, "Oh, that movie wasn't that good," and I'm just like, maybe you need to rewatch it now. Yeah, because it is that good.
0: And it's one of those that I think was like one that like it had Oscar buzz, but it was very minimal. Um, like it was like, yes, it's an awards player. Annette bidding might get in the screenplay might get in, but it's not one that's ever going to be, you know, in the best picture conversation or anything like that, which was unfortunate. Um, Zay, you, you elaborated a little bit on the music and that one, it, the music itself hit me a little bit deeper this time because when I first saw it, I had no idea who the talking heads were. And now I've seen, as I mentioned on our um, Best of 2020, I've seen David Burns American Utopia and seeing that this year and seeing how that's referenced here and that kind of different form of music at the time, it was a lot more special in that way too. And I was looking at like some trivia here on IMDb and apparently the cast was told to like bring in songs that they thought their characters would listen to yes. and they would have like dance parties um and the only requirement was that everybody had to dance and so it seems like a really fun film to if you could observe what was happening um doesn't behind the screen Dorothy,
1: doesn't Dorothy have some more like old-fashioned type music basically to hers yeah and it's like you definitely tell like that's the music of her youth basically that's that was one of the fun facts i wanted to bring up too because i really like that that they get to choose their own music to fit Mm -hmm. their own character because it makes a total it makes total sense
0: right yeah i mean this is one that we've all found um obviously pretty touching pretty emotional um one we would all definitely recommend um And like Chris said, uh, you can find it on Netflix. It's on Netflix, so um, check it out there. Any final thoughts, uh, fun facts, anything that you all had for this one?
2: Um, No, I just want to sit and uh, enjoy this movie we're talking about for a little bit longer until we get into what I imagine a fight (laughs) with our next film.
3: Oh, (laughs)
0: yeah well no our our next film is sure to bring up some lively discussion i'm sure it's two against one folks it's two against one
2: (laughs) it's fine i don't i don't need no help i i got i got my i got jesus on my side
0: (laughs) no middle ground here but yes this movie is the one i picked and it is richard linklater's everybody wants some exclamation point exclamation point
1: uh you gonna say that or not
0: (laughs) of course it's it's essential no um so this is richard linklater himself and the way that everybody seems to refer to it is that this is the quote-unquote spiritual sequel to Days and confused which we touched on a little bit in our 1993 episode film i also loved uh which they hates um But this one is not a direct sequel. It doesn't have any of the same characters, but it is um, basically about a college freshman freshman named Jake. And he shows up at a fictional Texas university in the year 1980 as part of the baseball team. All this film is, it's a Linklater film. So of course there's not much plot. Uh, It is another hangout movie of his. Basically he shows up on a Thursday and it is going through Thursday Friday, Saturday, Sunday, leading up to their first day of class, Um, end of summer for them. And basically all the shenanigans they get into during that time. Um, And it it usually involves uh, trying to have, trying to basically go to bars and hook up with women and uh, doing competitive shit like ping pong and darts and just hanging out. Um, It's funny because this is like, This is a baseball movie that I think has the least baseball in it for those types of movies. There is literally one scene where they play any baseball and it's just like a, 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 a a mandatory voluntary practice. Uh, I know that doesn't make sense, but in the context of the movie, it does. So um, we're introduced to a lot of different characters here. I think as you go through, you kind of figure out, um, you know, kind of who, your favorites are if you like any of them. Some of them are very unlikable. Um, Tyler Hecklin plays like kind of the, the douchebag, most jock ish character of them all. Uh, but they all do have their own kind of little quirks. Some of them are extremely weird. Some of them are a little more on the, on the boring side. And some of them are just kind of like their own thing. Um, my favorite character by far is Finnegan, who's played by Glenn Powell, who I think is just like amazing. As a comedic performer in this role, um, he's the one who's kind of like he's a, like they say a cause-effect rationalist, but also has these like really weird ideas and thinks he's really philosophical and makes up words like dipshitification and fuckwithery. Uh, it's basically just them hanging out. They they're being bros. This is admittedly my bro movie. It's the one that I love, and um, and I just love Richard Linklater is. Probably my favorite director, as I've said before. Um, and yeah, I'm going to stop there and let you two dive into this before I go much further. And then we'll, yeah, we'll go with that.
2: Hold on. On Twitter, you posted that, that meme. It was just like my, my the person, the two favorite directors. I didn't realize that was Richard Linklater.
0: <laughs> Second person I've heard that from today. Christian said that Toby said that too, which I'm not surprised. He's not exactly like... You know, he he doesn't fi- I mean, he films in Hollywood, but he's based in Texas. So he's not a big, you know, Hollywood director type figure. He's only been involved in like one award season. So uh, for boyhood. So if I,
1: saw, if I saw this man on the street, I wouldn't know him. I'm sorry to this man.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Um, so, yeah, I like this movie a lot. And I, I will tell you my little story when I went to go see it. This would have been my only movie in my life that I would have seen alone and like nobody in the theater. But then a guy walked in 15 minutes into the movie with his, and I'm pretty sure they were peanuts, and he ate, and I was not alone for the rest of the movie. And he sat like a row before me. It's like, sir, whole theater, why are you so close to me? But yes, I do enjoy this movie. Um, I didn't think I would on like the third, this is my third time watching this actually, but I did, and I'm not really one for some of Linklater's work because i don't know if the just talking and hanging out is really for me but i don't know this one is just it's it feels different they are just dudes being bros i wish there was a lot more full frontal nudity in it obviously but like it's good it's fine i would watch it again hell i own it and if we're talking about like favorite people in this i really like i like finnegan i like charlie willoughby who's played by wyatt yes. russell who is Goldie and Kurt Russell's child. And he looks just like Kurt Russell. Like, woo. And also um, Temple Baker, who plays Tyrone Plummer. He's like the stoner dude. I tweeted him back in 2016. I was like, wow, that guy's hot. And he liked my tweet. So, hey, Temple Baker, if you're listening, what's up? But uh, yeah, no, this is, it's a good movie. And also Zoe Deutsch is in this. And who's her mom? Who's her mom? Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yes. From Back to the Future. So there you go. She's in this. She's good. She's, has. I don't know. It feels like a smaller role, but no, it's a fine movie. I don't really have anything bad against it. And we transition now to uh, Zay's talking about this. I got to say um, though,
0: before Zay goes, I got to say, I, I am shocked by how much you like this movie, Christian. Cause I know that you gave it a high rating.
1: Surprising.
0: It, I, when you first saw it, I was like, actually I, you saw it before we knew each other. And I remember, I don't know how I remember this, but I remember I was like, uh, tweeting or, or Facebooking about a movie. And like I said, this is like one of my favorites next to Everybody Wants Some. And you're like, oh, I loved Everybody Wants Some. And I'm like, wow, nice. I didn't know you that well at the time. So I was like, cool. Uh, but I was I was interested and nervous to see if you would like it still after all. No, the, and I do.
1: It, the little things, the little things which surprise you that I like certain type of movies. And again, this movie to me, is pretty harmless in what, it, it, what it's doing. It's just people hanging out four days, living life, dudes being bros. I mean, again, nowadays, if they were like kissing and involved in all this, you know, it right. would have been something else. Yeah.
2: Um, oh Well, God, the, hey. ac- the actors are attractive and <laughs> uh, John Waters loved this movie.
1: How can you, how can you not do something with that though? Um. That's your idol.
2: You also like
1: Joker. Oh. (laughs) Well, nobody's perfect.
2: (laughs) Okay. I love a movie where nothing happens. I don't like these people. If you're watching a hangout movie, you gotta like the people. And I just don't like these people. These are the people I avoided in college. High school, even because they're more—they're more high schoolers than college people, because they're just maybe I don't know. I, I don't—I don't know straight people. I <laughs> just—they were yelling for two hours. Who yells? And I don't know. Just I know the movie is mostly harmless but there was just like little things that just kept happening like they made fun of the one guy from being out in the country and there was a fat joke and then one of them said dyke and I'm just like oh god and then hold on I'm looking at my notes and then just like the way it's filmed like women being nude is sexy men being nude is humorous and I'm just like that really undoes like the whole John Waters argument about it being unintentionally homoerotic. Cause I'm like, no, the men being nude would be more of a, uh, you know, something for everyone to look at rather than we're here to look at the women. If the men are nude, that means it's a joke. And I'm just like, oh. um. And there is a scene where Bad Girls by Donna Summer, the late great Donna Summer is playing and there's a big fight happening and I don't care. How does someone put that into film and I don't care? That really says something about the film. I just, it's just not for me. It's not a film where I'm just like, I can't believe you two like this. It's a film where I'm just like, this movie is anti-theoretical to anything I like about film.
0: No,
1: I I only think, it, think it's more shocking that I'm the one who
0: likes it, too. Oh, no, I, yeah, I would normally think I would be on the island defending this, but I, no, I actually do understand what you're saying because that's what I've always thought about this movie is that if you can get in, you know, and, like, enjoy what these characters are doing and the characters themselves especially, then you're going to like it. If you don't, then you're going to hate it. Uh, and that's, that makes total sense, you know? And for feels- me...
2: It just feels mean spirited to me. Like I see myself with all of my friends, and yeah, we can be kind of mean to each other, but like, we show love to each other in between those mean parts. To these characters, it just felt mean, 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 mean. Hey, bro, it'll be okay. Mean, and I'm just like, I don't like it. it I didn't mm-hmm. like the energy.
0: It just mm-mm. interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I think some of it is me. Obviously, they're they're giving each other shit, and like, it's it depends on how you like to give shit I think too and then yeah some of the characters do get it pretty bad like the country boy gets it bad but I also Mm -hmm. think like they eventually like reveal like if you just like talk to us and like hang out with us some then we're gonna accept you uh we're gonna obviously they're gonna give him some his you know quote-unquote chumpification uh but like you know they still have that you know the scene where he's like you know what's what's so uh, what's so tempting about it, Buter? Tell us and whatnot. But
1: I will say, did Matthew McConaughey have like a couple love children in this movie? Because like one of them sounds like him, another one looks like him, but like Dallas Buyers Club twenty-five pound version.
0: Yeah, i I've heard I've heard it a lot. Like that, there are like pieces of like Wooderson from Days and Confused, especially in like Glenn Powell's character. Um, and even in Willoughby's to a degree, Christian and and maybe Zay, I, I don't know how much you, you enjoy the Twilight Zone, but did you catch, like, one, the Twilight Zone goof and the kind of, like, Twilight Zone reference when they're talking about it? I'm blanking. Okay. So, like, there's a scene where Willoughby, the Wyatt Russell character, is talking about, like, how he recorded every episode of the Twilight Zone. And the goof is that Jake mm-hmm. says... Do you know the one with the, the face is like, oh, yeah, I have the beholder. That's like season two, episode five, I believe. It's actually season two, episode six. And like, I don't know why I caught that. That's the only Twilight episode where I know the right that it's episode six. And I checked it. And I don't know if that was like intentional to say like Willoughby's not right there. But the other thing is that um, there's a Twilight Zone episode and it's what's it called? It's like Last Stop at Willoughby and it's about like this guy dreaming of an idyllic past and the big thing about willoughby's character is that he has gone around even though he's like 30 years old and gone and played for college ball clubs and messed with the admissions process so it's kind of reflective in that way in his character's name interesting
2: (laughs) i guess it's neat
1: This has turned into a Twilight Zone episode, right? No, but, oh yeah.
0: my God. but you wouldn't expect it, I don't think, with a movie like this. Uh, did you look this up,
2: no, I do I, because I know someone like like Link later is probably a nerd as fuck, and he's been throwing yeah, shit on. like this into his movies for years.
0: It makes more sense if you know with Link later himself, but no, I didn't catch the Willoughby one, but I, I did know the Eye of the Beholder one, um, mm. but no, that. Like you said, Christian, for me, it's the little things. Like, yes, there are there are the lines that are like, like are meant to be funny. Like, I think of when Plummer opens the door and there's a cat in there and he's like, what the fuck? Cats shouldn't be in fridges. <laughs> and okay, it's just that like was
2: funny. That was <laughs> that was the one joke where I was like, that's
0: funny. <laughs> but then there's also one where like um, Austin Emilio, he's not a famous actor, but he plays Nesbit who is this guy that looks like he's like 45 years old. And when they find out that Willoughby's 30, Nesbitt comes in, he's like, guys, he's like 30 fucking years old. And it's hilarious, because this dude looks like he's like 45 uh, playing That's this. the one who
1: looks like Matthew McConaughey.
0: Yeah, yeah. But no, it's really interesting, because Linklater, like with Days and Confused, he worked with actors who were primarily unknown. And with this one, there are some like Blake Jenner in the lead role, Tyler Hecklin, Glenn Powell, and Zoe Deutsch, like they're industry people. But a lot of the others, they were not professional actors. They had to send in like acting audition tapes and baseball audition tapes because he wanted people who, like, he thought, like, yeah, you could actually probably play a little bit of baseball. Um, we don't have to work on that with you. So,
1: no. Oh, okay. So, one of the people in this movie, because I was looking up what else have they done? And if you look on the poster, he is the one uh he has like a curly hair and a mustache and he is holding the baseball bat on the poster but I looked him up and the first thing that pops up is not his IMDb page but it's like his baseball stats because he is and was like a baseball player at the time like he's not known for acting he's known for baseball now and I was like Mm -hmm. oh okay that's pretty cool
0: yeah well and Linklater himself he played college baseball for like a year Um, and then he dropped, he got hurt and he dropped out, but at Sam Houston state, like he actually was on a baseball scholarship. So, I mean, a lot of what happens in the movie, I don't think happens in his experience, but like, for example, I know like the ping pong scene, that was something that actually happened when he went to college. Um, he knew this, the guy who was ultra competitive and would kill somebody if they got beat too badly. And that's the other thing too. I think there are characters that we are meant to like and there are some that are like you know what they're teammates but they're also complete douchebags and these characters are oftentimes misogynistic like there's no doubt about that um you know maybe it sometimes it does try a little bit too hard to be so reflective of that era um that was something I might critique it for but I don't know I really love I think what really pins down the movie is when Blake Jenner is like, you know, we've been to a disco, we've been to a country bar, and now we're at a punk concert, like, I'm having an identity crisis here. I think that's part of what the film is getting down to is like being in with college, you're out of high school, and like, you know, under the domination of your parents and your teachers, and you're finally free to kind of explore a little bit. Um, And that's kind of what they do in these four days
1: i will say too that uh, blake jenner is a questionable character these days he is
0: yes he's a terrible person uh stories about abuse between him and him abusing melissa benoist um so not a fan of him nowadays either but yeah any further thoughts on everybody wants some
1: I will never watch this again. <laughs> it wasn't this your second time. This was my second time.
0: Which I'm pretty sure you probably only watched the first time was because John Waters loved You're it. You're right. Yeah.
2: And the second time because I love you, Brett.
0: Oh. I
1: appreciate it. I am just waiting for us to get to 1995 when Brett will make us watch the Before trilogy. <laughs> All three.
0: Bro. I I didn't make us watch it for 2013. I will make us watch it for 2004 because that is the, without a doubt the best one in the series.
2: I love those movies. Those I are... would gladly watch those movies. Hell, I'll buy the Criterion when I think about it next time. But never this movie again. Is this the <laughs> only Linklater I like?
1: You don't like Bernie or School of oh, Rock? Bernie.
2: Oh, School of Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, oh, School cool. of Rock.
2: I haven't seen Bernie oh birdie's pretty
0: good yeah it's funny it's really good shirley mclean is great boyhood. Yeah. even i'm great. so so on boyhood like it's i think it's good it's, but it's, it's not a boyhood. nice
2: experiment yeah oh roll uh, along where'd we where'd you go bernadette a class oh
1: my god don't even start i read the book so there's a oh my god <laughs>
0: His worst one is Waking Life that I've seen actually. That is his like his pretentious like him spewing his ideas onto the screen even more so than normal. But anyway, are we ready for our next film? Oh,
2: wow. I really
0: didn't like Days Confused.
2: I didn't remember it. But then I saw I rated a star and a half and I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Next.
0: All right. Well, this is the film that actually won our Twitter poll. So thanks to everybody that voted on that. And Christian, it was your choice. So go ahead and take it away.
1: Am I like like two for two here for winning Twitter polls or something? I feel like I am.
0: Uh, I I know how to please the people. 1943, we tied with the Val Luton double feature. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's where you lost. I didn't vote for myself, though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. All right. So my winner here is uh, a little movie called Hunt for the... I swear to you, until I saw this movie, I used to say, Hunt for the... What is it? The wilder people. (laughs) And then the kid is like, We're the wilder people! I'm like, that's it. So it's okay. Hunt for the wilder people. Yes, okay. (laughs) Um, It is directed by Taika Waititi. Uh, So uh, Oscar winner there for Jojo rabbit just last year, but it is one that I had never seen before and I really wanted to see it. So this is my excuse into finally doing it, but it is about a young kid. He's an orphan. His name is Ricky. He's played by Julian Dennison, who you may know from Deadpool two, or last year he was, he was in the Christmas Chronicles Mm too, which yeah, that was, yeah. So again, he's an orphan. He stays with a couple um bella played by rima tay and heck played by sam neil who everybody knows from jurassic park and should i say what happens to her i guess I yeah the first it's, all, right. all right it's essential so, to the story so she dies unexpectedly um and so it is just heck uh, who is sam neil's character left to raise ricky well he doesn't really want to do that so sam's mm-hmm. like well you're kind of on your own the uh the foster people will be here in a couple days, to come get you. And then I'm off into the wilderness just to, you know, live off the land now because my wife is dead and I'm sad. And Ricky doesn't really want him to do that because that's his quote unquote uncle. He has a dog with him now. So he, too, runs away into the wilderness and fakes his death. It's very hilarious. And now he is on the run. And Paula, who is like the uh, the foster person, social services, it's like the New Zealand version of social services, whatever you would mm-hmm. call it. She's played by Rachel House. She's actually pretty funny in this. But she is on the hunt now for him. So Ricky and Heck are literally on the hunt. There are people now hunting them because the whole country of New Zealand thinks this is a kidnapping situation when in reality it is not. And you could even say that Ricky is the one who has kidnapped Heck into <laughs> pretty much joining him in all their shenanigans. Where they're going, they don't even know. They just keep going. Um, but it's hilarious and the kid julian dennison is like super super hilarious in this i really liked it i had never seen it before this again i really wanted to see it so here we go i had a fucking good time with it i laughed like every chance i could get it's really heartfelt too like the relationship that they have is obviously pretty rocky because they because like sam neil's character does not want to be hanging out with this kid especially now that there's a manhunt going on but they make the best of it there's a lot of funny moments when like they encounter other people in the wild and they have to like threaten their lives and the social worker like i was saying she is super hilarious um but no it's a good movie and it's just a nice fun adventurous little film i think it is on netflix because mm-hmm. i think that's where i watched it yeah is that or a dvd but uh yes that is hunt for the wilder people <laughs> I'm sorry, I just keep wanting to sing wilder people.
2: Well, just think about Lion King and how, you know, the wilder beast killed Mufasa. Wilder beast.
0: Wilderness. Goodbye. <laughs> English is weird, though. So, it you know, is. Like...
1: Just like but that that's... movie, The Lost City of Z, but it's really The Lost City of Z. Zed. Yeah. I don't know. That's but anyway, I like that's... the movie. Leave me alone. Onward. It's not
2: English. That's Canadian. Anyway. <laughs> I like the movie a lot. I saw it back when it came out around that time or whatever. Um, I liked it. I like it still. I don't love it, but I really like it. Um, It's got the Taika Waititi problem of just doing too much, I think. Um, I think he always does too much. Um, But I don't dislike him. I just wish he would tighten up a little. Um, Sam Neill is the perfect grump. I think they got the perfect actor to just be a grippy old guy um, who still has some heart though. Um, And uh, it has one of my favorite, Oh my God, this, this joke made me fucking die because Taika Waititi is playing the minister at uh, what's her name's uh, funeral. And he said "Um, another door that's hard to get through. Guess what's on the other side. Anyone want to take a guess? And then Ricky's like, vegetables <laughs> <I> was just <laughs> like that, <laughs> was, that actor um, I forgot his name already he's just so good he has the, yes yeah. he has the perfect comedic line delivery and I just want to see him do so many good things because I there's just so much natural talent in that he makes it look easy um, when there's just so many children actors that would just make it incur- incorrigible um, and while the movie is all, it's, it's got a lot of humor to it. It's also got heart. And the moment where, you know, Sam Neill is like the whole time he's like talking to the kid, he's just like, grump, 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 grumble. Can't wait to get ready. You grumble, grumble, grumble. And he's just like, you're pretty likable to him. And I'm just, and then he just stops and I'm just like, stop. You're, he is pretty likable. <laughs> <sighs> And the film just overall is just very anti-authority and anti-government, and I'm very into films like that. It's just making the enemy the um, child protection services people that have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Especially, I agree. Rachel House, she is really good at this. I, anytime she comes on, I'm just like, here we go. Yeah. She's out of service once again.
0: Yeah, I'll pick up where you left off with Rachel House because she's fucking hilarious in this movie. Uh, the line, the part that really just had me rolling—the one you mentioned was really good too. But where she's like on the TV station, like she's describing the situation, and then she's just like, "No child left behind." no child left behind, no child. (laughs) And she just keeps saying it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And obviously like, what's that, what that's referencing and and all that. It's so funny how it like clues into that. And Mm. you know, that issue and how she just always describes this like really sweet and lovable kid as just like, he's a mad criminal and he (laughs) does this, this, and this. And like the montage of him, like getting in trouble and misbehaving is so funny um you know the beginning of the movie but mm-hmm. yeah Julian Disson, like he, he just dives into this role and you know makes it his own and him and Sam Neill have such good chemistry Sam Neill I I really love I really enjoyed that performance too um kind of like you said Zay the way he grew on me and uh that his performance was like even better than I expected it to be but no I'm I'm glad you picked this Christian because it was one that I had not seen in 2016 but I don't know if I would have watched it otherwise one, because there's just so many movies out there from the year that I hadn't seen. And like Taika Waititi, I like, you know, I, I liked Jojo Rabbit, but he's also not one that I'm like huge into. It's not like I, I'm seeking out the next ta- Taika Waititi project, you know. Um, but his style is very much on display here. His his kind of mode of comedy. Um, and there are just some like, it's it's not one that's like a, a laugh fest throughout the entire thing but sometimes i was just absolutely losing it um like when they're in the that house and it's just like shit just got real and <laughs> things like that and the fact that he, he names a dog tupac and you know just little things like that throughout the movie kind of keep it light um
1: i like the happy and- birthday ricky song that was yes, yes.
0: <laughs> I was like, cause when I first
1: watched it, I'm like, wait, is this like an original song? Cause then I can nominate her thing. <laughs>
0: right. It is. It's a movie with a lot of heart and, and a lot that, you know, it kind of made me emotional at times. Like even like the early scene where he gets the dog for his birthday mm-hmm. and like him, like seeing love for the first time and the relationship between them and the dogs is even another element to the film that uh, is really touching and, and sad at times. Um but no, it all it all comes together in like a, a big blow-up conclusion that's kind of funny on its own the way it all just comes about.
1: Um, I it was funny too that it's like I didn't know how long they were out there in the wild and it's like months and months on the TV what it's saying. It's like this is like a manhunt situation. Right.
0: There are times where I'm I you know it does get a little less interesting for me than others, particularly when they're out there and um, Interacting with like some of the other people out there and whatnot. But overall it's it's enjoyable throughout. It's very easily watchable. And once again, uh Christian picked another one that's on Netflix, so worth checking out.
2: An indie film you can show your parents too.
0: <laughs> yeah. True.
2: I Perfect. Think, I'm thinking there's like one joke where you need to skip over so your parents don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Make it a fun guessing game.
0: Very much so. Oh,
1: I was just reading here. It says the Ricky Baker happy birthday song was created because the producers couldn't get the rights to happy birthday.
2: It was oh. still in the, I don't remember when it was finally in the public domain.
1: There's many similarities to Disney and Pixar's up.
0: I did see that. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: I remember those that that being a thing on like Tumblr at the time. This is very. I don't think I mentioned this in like the last episode, but I was very much into Tumblr, like movie Tumblr, at the time these movies came out.
3: How
1: strange! How strange we've gone from film Tumblr now to film Twitter, but we don't really want to dive into that. That's Uh, a that's a that's a a a beast.
2: No, no, no. no. (laughs) But you've seen my sharing the screenshots from film Facebook.
3: Oh, yeah, no.
2: <laughs> where someone posted a picture of greta garbo and some guy was like i don't know i don't think i don't think she was all that pretty
0: oh god <laughs> like,
2: who asked jesus christ
0: yeah we don't even approach film facebook oh uh, i love there. it though
2: i just watched <laughs> it just, it's so funny to me it's
0: not participatory oh
1: uh. Also, this got no Oscar nominations.
0: Yes. Yeah. This and uh, obviously everybody wants some. It didn't get any either. I don't know if I mentioned that. But uh,
2: did you did you see the note I put?
0: I did. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going I planned on not addressing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any further thoughts on Hunt for the Wilder People before we move on to our fourth film?
1: It's cute. And it's also sad. That whole boar scene is like, uh Oh, uh,
0: yeah. And obviously the, the the plot, you know, the plot device that sets into motion uh, the, the death of um, of uh, Sam Neill's, you know, his wife's character. Um, that's very sad, too, because you can see the connection that she forms with the kid. So
1: I just want to say that it looks like in New Zealand for their Oscars, their version, this one film director, actor for Julian, best supporting actress for Rima uh, T. Wiata. Uh, Sam Neill one supporting and then this one visual effects.
2: Ooh. Damn, this is their Titanic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this kind of swept. I love that.
0: Oh boy. All right. Well, our next film is the one we mentioned at the beginning of the episode that did not win our Twitter poll, but uh, one where we all said we're, we're all planning to watch this and kind of wanted to discuss it because this is a pretty big one from that year. Um, Of the five that we're discussing, this is probably, the, this was definitely the closest to a Best Picture nom. Um, You know, I even think I, I had it getting in for a while and then it just never happened. Um, never really picked up steam. But it is Pablo Lorraine's Jackie.
1: And Lorraine, so th- it's Larae.
0: Okay, Larain. Sorry, I took
1: a class of South American filmmakers. It's Larain.
0: Larain. Okay, thank you. Uh, but this does follow uh, Jackie Kennedy, who's played by Natalie Portman, who is absolutely just exquisite in this role. Um, but it basically takes place uh, most of it. It's kind of like uh, not tw- like 20th Century One, but it does not have a non. It has a non-linear narrative as well. It kind of goes back and forth between the kind of week following JFK's assassination in which she's meeting with um, a reporter, I believe from life. I, I I gotta say, I can't even remember his name. It's life. Is it life? Okay. And he's played by Billy Credip, Once again, he's actually only credited as the journalist here. So I don't know if maybe they they couldn't use the person's name or what, but it was a real um, interview that happened. And so we go back and forth between that and him kind of questioning her about Uh, her husband's death and her legacy and what she takes from that and kind of the moments both leading up to the assassination and right after the assassination where a big part of her role is transitioning out of the White House and also planning for his big memorial service and it's kind of this back and forth between does she go all out with giving him this big uh, you know this big kind of I, I don't want to say performative but kind of like, you know, big, exquisite thing or just kind of keeping it low key, especially after, you know, he has just been assassinated on a parade, do they walk with him um to the service in the streets like would typically be done. Um and she keeps going back to like Abraham Lincoln, all the way back to his service and everything that happened there. And you know, while that might seem like not a whole lot on the surface, there's a lot that goes into what she decides here, both the safety, how she exposes her two children to the murder of their father and what that means going forward and keeping them safe. Um, her work with, uh, Robert Kennedy, um, with kind of setting the whole thing up. He's played by Peter stars Um, Greta Gerwig is in this as kind of her, um, her, her assistant. Um, almost like unrecognizable in this role. Um, But yeah, it it has a lot. What I really caught this time was just on one hand, it's about her dealing with grief and how she does that publicly versus what she does privately, which on its own is very interesting. And it takes it to another level with how she cements her husband's legacy after his death Um, with realizing that, JFK was kind of in the middle or near the end of his first term. And there was still so much that, you know, they had planned to do the way that she worked to kind of like solidify his legacy as a president. And even the kind of myth making that went into that, um, that she kind of took charge of and put forth and all while making this huge transition in her own life, um, living in the white house, being this huge public figure. And, you know, she was like, I saw a review that was saying like she, in some ways she was like a a reality star of the time, you know, she gave these tours of the White House on television and was a real fashion icon and she took on the role of first, um, you know, first lady like nobody had before. Um, And that few have since. And so uh, obviously Natalie Portman is amazing here. When we did our top lead performances of the decade, she, it was a tie between this and black Swan for me as the best performance of the decade. I think she, she, she just nails um, the mannerisms and the accents, um, which is so difficult. Um, and also just kind of makes it her own and really gets into the emotional turmoil of this character after this completely traumatic event. Um just like 20th century women really enjoyed it when Chris and I first saw it at my first ever film festival, my first advanced screening um, enjoy it even more now. I, I think it's just so impressive.
1: Yes, it is incredible. Um, I don't know. I always, I loved it when we first saw it. Cause Brett and I did see it at the Kansas international film festival night one of that. And that was our first movie we saw together and I loved it then. I love it now. Um, Also, John Hurt is in this. And I think this was his last theatrical film. Yeah. John Hurt being famous British actor. All you kids will know him from Harry Potter. And (laughs) Alien, too, if you kids are Mm -hmm. cool. But uh, no, uh, Natalie Portman is just phenomenal in this. And she did so much research into getting Jackie right. Because it's like, she's almost... To me, Jackie Kennedy is a secretive secluded figure who you feel like you know about but in reality you don't know anything about the second jfk died she sealed herself from the world we i mean i don't know how true to life this is in terms of what her thoughts are but pretty much all of her thoughts on what happened on that day and afterwards are probably all sealed into just like her own memory which obviously we won't have because she has since passed um but no, again, phenomenal performance from uh, Natalie Portman. Great production design in this. Great caution design. Great hair and makeup in this. I fucking love this film. Okay. And also, the score in this just slaps. It's in this movie like the entire time. It never gets distracting, though, because it just keeps elevating and elevating. And the best, one of the best uses of an already produced song, the Camelot song from the musical Camelot Um, in this song by Richard Burton, when she is just like strolling through the private quarters of the White House itself. It's just like such a haunting thing to even think about because it was known as the Camelot era, the King being JFK, Queen Jackie here. And now it's nothing. Now she's had to transition into being just a civilian now. But it's such like an instant thing, the way this works where he dies, and now it's a new administration now what do we have to do well we gotta we gotta get in this funeral and camelot is no more camelot is over so but yes this is it's phenomenal if you haven't seen it yet what are you doing go buy it don't even rent it buy it i don't care i don't know if you can stream it anywhere but it's worth it
2: i love this movie i saw it the one time after it came out and it's an it's a movie that was like sitting in the back of my head for a long time where I'm just like, I need to rewatch that, I need to rewatch that, I need to rewatch that. Finally, we get to, oh, we're doing the 2016. I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna finally watch Jackie again. Um, And it definitely reserves a spot in just great movies that I love. Um, I think we talked, talking like a great importance of like the accuracy that was being brought to this film. However, I don't think this was like constructed like any other biopic. Because while we recognize that this is Jackie Onassis and these are the events that followed right after JFK was murdered, this film could easily just be about anything and anyone. It's a character study about someone dealing with grief. And I think the fact that that, it wants to tell that central story and apply it to some historical event we're aware of is what makes the movie work so well. Because so many biopics wanna be about the person and so they have no central theme. And so to make the make it such a small portion of what's going on to make it this specific thing, but to have a bigger message behind it than just, oh, this was Jackie Onassis, blah, blah, blah. And more than just like a textbook report I think that's what makes the movie so profound. Um, but yeah. Um, I also enjoyed the presence of LBJ's wife, uh, played by the woman with hair but no beard, um, for our series of Unfortunate Events fans out there. The Netflix show, didn't y'all see it?
0: Yeah, it's good. I, yeah. yeah. Give her really a good. name, though.
1: She's one of like the most recognizable character actresses. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the woman with hair, but no beard. The title still applies in this film, by the way. Um, She has hair, no beard. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, it's a movie where it's hard for me to talk about because it doesn't, it's a weird subcategory for me and my weird broken little brain where I'm like, this is not just a film, but it feels just like lived in. Like you can just sit there in the White House with Jackie And you just feel like it's a, like a immersive experience. And I don't know how else to describe it. It just, it's, I've had the same feeling about this film since I saw it. I'm just like, Oh, I can transport myself right back into this film. That's a weird idea, but I really love it. It's a really, and it's not even like in my top five, which really says how good of a film year this
1: is. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Between this and Casey Affleck's performance in Manchester by the sea, <clears throat> grief wins
2: <laughs> it's weird this happened before the election these movies were made
0: <laughs> god yeah and they're both just so grounded I mean this this could have gone oh, so extreme but like Portman keeps it so grounded so just central to the character and it, it's wild to me how this film deals with so many themes like the grief the, the legacy the guilt she feels her thoughts on God and how that changes, and mm-hmm. I somehow it all keeps it tight. It, it never like loses control. It all keeps it central to the character and to how this traumatic event put all of this into in, it, it, into action. Um, and you think about like like you said, Christian, like you know, Jack J- Jackie Onassis, like kind of this what was seen as a secluded figure. I think it dispels some public opinion of her and how she was seen at the time. And maybe seen in history. And, you know, she's such a, she's getting shit done. And so I think in the interview, how she just like controls that interview. And she's like, by the way, you know, you can't put that in there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, and I don't smoke as she takes a <laughs> puff of the cigarette. Like that moment is chef's kiss. This um, this movie, yeah.
1: it, it like the more we talk about, it, the more I think about it. It is, it is in response almost to Jackie Kennedy wearing the dress that has his blood on it during LBJ swearing in ceremony, and I guess she said when that was happening, she wanted to wear that only so that they, I don't know what they means if you can apply it anyway, they could see what they did. Hmm. And now you get to see the bigger picture of it, of what it all is now, like what she has to go through, what she has to set up. Again, like we keep saying, what is now my husband's legacy, my dead, murdered husband's legacy? And now we know what it is. Like, I mean, obviously we see the creation of the eternal flame, which I thought was pretty cool, pretty interesting Mm -hmm. to think about here. And just her thoughts on things. And again, going back to John Hurt, the conversation she has with him, that's like their family priest. They're like very, very profound and reading into it, into like the fun facts and stuff where it's like he's treating her not as like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry your husband just died. But it's like full on questioning her. Like, what do you think right now? Like, he's just a man. He's not like, you know, he's just a simple man. He's not like some Christ-like figure or anything. To you, maybe yes. But to everybody else, he's just a guy. Like, you got to take this easy. I'm not going to treat you any differently. Like Death is hard to process, yes.
2: Mm-hmm. To uh, put a button on it. Um, I really enjoy how Brett said it was grounded because I was thinking this easily could have gone to melodrama at any time. And as much as I love a good melodrama, in terms of things that actually happened, it feels a bit like, not so you shouldn't do that unless yeah. you're trying to make fun of it but um yeah it's very grounded you know in a way that i can't say for other biopics that came out this year like uh Sully, Sully wasn't
0: too grounded the founder
1: oh that was Ugh. a joke i know i got the thank you oh wow okay. brett just kept going i was i don't <laughs> know if any of you saw me laughing when brett was describing this but he's like when when Jackie wants to create a, a funeral parade that's like that's like and I would just say that's a big blowout. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh and we mentioned a little bit of the supporting cast. I want to give a shout out as well to Richard E. Grant because I forgot he was in this. Oh, yes. And uh John Carroll Lynch playing Lyndon B. Johnson as well. I completely forgot that he played uh LBJ in this which is interesting. So
1: also Beth Grant is the name of Lady Bird Johnson.
0: <laughs> I
1: love name. Beth Grant. She is a recognizable character actress. Of
2: course Lady Bird, how can I forget?
1: <laughs> also and Greta what? Gerwig like it's so weird that I've seen her in two movies in this year and if you flash back to this point I had no idea who this woman is. Oh absolutely not. <laughs> and then it took like what less than a year it's like mm-hmm. Lady Bird it's like, oh my god Greta hey. Look, that, see, there it
2: was. She was in Jackie. And she was like, huh, Lady Bird. <laughs>
0: very nice. Um, Yeah, I got to go back here. So um, this did receive, I don't know if I mentioned three Oscar noms for Best Actress for Natalie Portman, obviously. Costume design and score, which were all very deserved and really deserved a lot more. This was in addition to everything we've discussed and um, I think we touched on this a little bit one of the most well crafted films of the year um, in all areas too So,
1: and we saw it like way before anybody else did
0: yeah that was cool I remember we were standing in line and like we went back the night after to see Lion and there was this um, lady in line behind us and her friend came up and she's like did you see Jackie last night and I'm like no she's like oh it's no good and then walked up and I was like woo
1: it's because this probably wasn't her traditional biopic you know i also too i don't know if this is a spoiler but they don't show the assassination right away too because most movies a traditional biopic would start out with that and we don't we have to build to that yeah
2: we also never go to gray gardens what the fuck's that about
1: (laughs) the one flaw I was going to start singing, but I don't know if we own the rights.
2: <laughs> you don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, whatever. The best kind of clothes for a protest pose is this ensemble of pantyhose pulled over the shorts, one under the skirt that doubles as a cape.
0: God. Perfect. Very nice. Oh, uh, my, my fun fact I wrote down for this, because it's wild to me. I did not know that Darren Aronofsky was originally attached to direct this, which is like, what? No. Uh, and Rachel Weiss was going to play Jackie, which before I saw Natalie Portman in it, I would have been like, yeah, I could see that. But now it's just like, I can't see anybody other than Natalie in this role. Um, she just owns it. So,
1: do you know Jackie Kennedy has a Emmy? Hmm.
0: Interesting. It for, it's for the tour it's that the, the is yeah.
1: This. yeah.
0: Yeah. Any further thoughts on Jackie before we move on to our final film?
1: It is great.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. So, Zay, finally getting to introduce a film here, Uh, the the one that you picked. Go ahead and take us away with our last film here.
2: Our final film for this evening is a Japanese anime film called Your Name or Kimi no Nawa. Look at that. I took Japanese for seven years, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. I... I I love how many times I brought that onto the podcast, and people were like, wow, they know so much. I don't retain any of it. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's a Japanese anime film, like I said, directed by Makoto Shinkai, who has done quite a few anime films in the past few years, um, like last year's Weathering with You and a couple others, I forget. Anyway. very specific style of anime films that i'll talk about in a second but the plot of the film uh, one of the more plotier films we picked for our special choices um basically one morning these two wake up hold on need to find their names uh taki and mitsuha i forget who we see first but basically they wake up and they're in each other's bodies they have no fucking idea why they don't know how Um, it's kind of like your basic body swap story sort of except there's more cosmic influence behind of why it's happening and basically they just go along their days in the different bodies and they're just like I don't fucking know what's happening but I guess we're just going to make the best of this and um, your basic traditional like Japanese magical realism where shit happens we don't know why we're still going to live life because we have things to do but they do try to find out like different like bigger meanings behind it they're just like who is this person they'll like write on their arm to be like what's going on blah 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 and that's when um it's kind of revealed to the plot that it's actually not just body swapping but different times that um because the girl lives in a village and it's kind of like I don't know how long ago but it's somewhat recently to the point that they really wouldn't realize that the time had changed so much other than you know it's august instead of march but you know they swap bodies so like how different would it the date's not the first thing that's going to be their concern um it's just a very interesting film i don't want to get into later on as to why they've switched bodies because that's definitely something built into the movie That I think you should find out for yourself but it's very much um excuse me um a movie where it's just like any other teen drama of like just trying to figure out who you are why you're here who these other people are why they're part of your life blah 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 and It has that very Shinkai thing of... If you've ever seen another Shinkai movie where they proclaim very profound things into the air for some reason. I love it. It's kind of corny, but it's... I love that shit. Um, Rad Wimps is a band that does a lot of Shinkai music. I love the soundtrack to this movie. It's so good. Very J-pop rock. Um, But yeah, it's it's a very good movie. I... I know a lot of people talked about it when it came out. Not so much anymore. It got no no Oscar nominations, though people thought it was going to get animated films. I don't remember what animated films all were, but I know there's at least one where I'm like, this movie would have been a lot better. And so, yeah, it's a very good movie. I don't know if y'all have seen it before this watch, but the look on Brett's face says no, and the look on Christian's face says yes.
1: Oh, yes, no. I, I've seen it before. Uh, I liked it then and I liked it now. It is pretty good. Um, the, most, like the most aware I am of anime is pretty much anything Miyazaki. And then this. I mean, there's some few things that I've seen out there. I give everything a try. And most everything that I've seen anime-wise that, again, is not Miyazaki. I end up pretty much liking. Um, but this is pretty cool um cool in the sense it's like again we don't really want to spoil what happens here Mm -hmm. but it is one of the it's like it's it's a good twist on things i would say in terms of the whole body switching situation um and one that's really sort of eye-opening and it's like whoa holy shit this is why this is all happening this is why everything is going on in place but i do like this movie a lot and i guess there's going to be like an United States remake or something. Live action? We need, we need yeah. one of those. And like Isaac Chung, who just directed Minari, is set to direct it. So we'll oh. see. That. Yeah. And All I. All right. I, one person's going to be in Chicago. The other one is going to be somewhere else. I don't know where. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But this is, no, it's a really good movie, honestly. <laughs>
2: what if it's like three months before COVID hits oh no <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry
1: no it's like i don't know it's kind of hard to talk about the movie if you don't want to spoil it because again yeah. It's-
2: yeah that's where i was coming up with but that's I'm very important part. i
1: was kind of like when everything happens it's like oh my god so this is why they're switching bodies all the damn time and he gets to touch her breast every day. <laughs> that's, that's that's a just, big point for the little the little sister. in this. Like,
2: you're <laughs> touching right? your breasts again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it so. And I I have uh, after watching this the in the past week I put Weathering with You on hold to the library yes. and I got it the other day. So because I I didn't get to see it last year.
2: It's so good.
0: Yeah. No, Zay, you did a really nice job of. Setting up the plot of this movie because I mean, listeners, take what Zay has described and what Krishna has described and look up nothing more and, and go in with that. Um, because it really does, it, it takes directions that I really didn't expect. But even from the beginning, it, it's never really completely straightforward. This isn't one where we're introduced to both characters like before the body swap happens and then like kind of just naturally go along with them once it happens. I believe, I believe one of them we're introduced to within the body swap, um, and don't even get a full day with them. And I, I like the way it does that because we kind of, it kind of helped me connect with the characters. And while they're trying to figure it out, we're trying to figure it out too. Um, but yeah, it, it takes directions. That I just didn't see coming. It, it gets really like trippy in a good way at times. Um, not predictable whatsoever in that way. And that's when I, when it does take those directions, that's what like, oh yes, because I was worried it was going to head in like a pretty typical direction, uh. But it avoids that and go gets really complex. And I think I was surprised by how emotional I was with the film because these two characters, even though they never they they never meet because they're they're swapping in, across, uh, timelines and whatnot. They they just feel this strong connection to each other. Um, that they don't realize at first and the way that comes about is just really, really nice um, to see them kind of understand each other, and as a result, understand themselves better too. Um, Yeah, animation's beautiful. Uh, The shots of the countryside are obviously great. But even like Tokyo, the way the film establishes Tokyo is just really gorgeous and kind of inventive and kind of made me want to explore the city a little bit too. Um, But yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. no go ahead go ahead
2: well i was going to go on to how you're saying you got emotional watching this the Sh- shinkai's films are very manipulative and that's like a lot of like how people criticize this film so if you're not willing to give into how he's like literally because all of his movies are very like that so if you're not into you can kind of see someone manipulating you into feeling this way you're probably not going to love it but i i give into it and i think it works very well so yeah Um, same yeah also this movie was a massive hit everywhere but here (laughs) (laughs) it is the uh third highest grossing anime film and japanese film worldwide the fifth highest grossing film of all time in japan and the 10th highest grossing traditionally animated film yeah it, it, I think it only made like $5 million a year. Because yeah. we just don't respect other countries. That's exactly. why we have to remake it for some reason.
0: Yeah, and looking at the best animated feature film, at the time, I had only seen two of the nominees in 2016. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, there were the two Disney ones, Zootopia and Moana. Um, but it, it's a pretty strong category. You've got Kubo and the Two Strings and... My Life is Zucchini and the Red Turtle, which a lot of people love. I thought was just okay. Um, for me, I best animated feature for this year is pretty much between Your Name and Kubo, uh, the Leica film, and I I lean Your Name a little bit. Um, just See, to- it's
2: because th- I've I have i am with Christian because Christian made a face. I also really like My Life is Zucchini. Um,
0: it's really good too. I
2: think the Disney films are the 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 weaker ones here. I know Christian really loves Zootopia. I do
1: not like it. Um, wait, I loved, You, know you like Zootopia when you first saw it. When I
2: first saw it, yes. But then I started reading more and I started like seeing what everyone else was saying. I was like, oh, I didn't see all that. And then I just kept reinterpreting it in my mind. And now I'm just like,
1: I don't think I ever want to see it again. This is why I don't read up on Disney movies. <laughs>
0: Is why I don't do that. Who yeah. learns? See, I really like Zootopia, uh, and, but I haven't seen it since it came out. Moana is the one, and I don't know if this is a, a popular opinion, but I don't think Moana's that good. Uh, so it's the one that is kind of the weak I think link in Moana's that okay.
2: Moana I like the influence she has on children. Good for her, good for them. I, it's just not for me. Yeah.
0: Christian, I'm interested in your thoughts because I know Animated is one of your favorite categories. What would be your winner?
1: Uh um, well i don't know well my life is a zucchini is like i think it's the best of them all was it nominated yes yes okay so that would be like my win i'm like perfectly fine with the zootopia win because i mean yes if we're gonna go with a disney movie out of those two zootopia because moana Moana for me is overrated yeah i don't care for moana and the reason being is I don't like The Rock, I don't and know. I that movie for me. <laughs> that and the whole shiny sequence, I don't, I don't fuck with that movie. I mean, I, like, w-
2: I like the shiny sequence; that was my favorite part.
0: It just I feels very, know. like, recycled plot Disney to me, and uh, I, I, I don't think they really, you know, went into the the culture and whatnot, and had people behind the scenes who identify with that culture, you know. Um, if I remember right.
1: I like the songs in it, but I'm not like in love with How Far I'll Go.
0: I like that song a lot, I will say. but
1: I mean, It's good, but it doesn't have the same oomph as like, Let It Go did. Sure.
2: So we all agree, Your Name In, Moana Out.
0: Well, I haven't seen The Red Turtle. Oh, I, I, I thought you... Yeah, yeah, no, Your Name In, Moana Out. Yeah, I agree.
2: The Red Turtle's just okay. It's okay. See, and it's, I it was I mean, like the I last studio ghibli movie before they closed that one time
1: i would put your name into like the best animated feature field here yeah i also wonder Mm -hmm. how people even watch those because it at this point it feels to me it's like oh there's the disney movies there's the other ones do i really have to watch these other
2: ones (laughs) i have heard like you know how entertainment weekly does that we interview the voters to see how they would vote yeah people have literally said oh i didn't bother
0: well, Am and they'll I say like, like, oh, my, my son or my, you know, my kid liked this one, so I voted for it. Like, I see that all the time in those honest bout things, and it drives me up a wall.
1: Because, like, I really like Zootopia, and then I got to see my life as a zucchini, and I enjoyed it. Like, I loved it. It's so simple. It's so cute. Hell, I'm going all creative here. It is my personal animated pick of that year.
0: It's also interesting, Finding Dory did not get in. Uh, the the Pixar product from that year missed out so it's just
1: bland
0: yeah but um
1: yeah anyway oh i will say that there's uh there's a lot of books about this in terms of like because i was looking again at the library uh there's a lot of the manga of this there's like i don't know if they're like bonus stories do you know Zay?
2: Um, I looked into oh hold on I passed by it on the wiki page. I think that yeah they came out and then they started making a manga based on it
0: mm-hmm. because
2: you aren't hold on
0: see okay, I look, it, go it ahead yeah like
2: novel It was turned into a novel by Shinkai.
0: yeah well see when I was putting together my personal awards I was like IMDB says based on Shinkai's novel but he actually wrote the novel after. He made the movie. Okay, from what I understand, so the manga
2: came. The manga came after the novel.
1: Okay,
0: because but is it like additional? Is it additional
1: stories or is it the same two people
2: involved? Um, I okay. So what I'm getting here, um, there's going to be a your name super fan just screaming at us. (laughs) Um, there was the your name, which is like a novelization of it, which is then turned into a manga. But then there was a sequel, and I think. Um. Perhaps the sequel. I'm sure there's like new additional information in both the books that like just couldn't be fit into the movie. Mm -hmm. But I'm guessing, yeah.
0: I will say, even you know, if if people, many people in the U.S. haven't seen it, I I don't know the the people that I do know who I've seen, they have seen it, really love it. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's one that I think is pretty pretty commonly adored as it should be. So
1: this summer, Kevin Hart. And Dwayne Johnson, Switch Bodies, It's Your Name.
2: Also, if you're really into soundtracks that don't really sound like they belong to a specific movie, the soundtrack to this is very good. I just really like Radwimps. I think they're a good band.
1: Also, the editing in this is good because it's like a nice Mm -hmm. little montage sequence of them going back and forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, if... If you're like me and rent this from like a library on dvd or something in america uh international animated films tend to be automatically dubbed on a lot of like dvd versions don't watch the dubbed version like go to the languages select the original version it, it, it's so much better that way so
2: mm-hmm. i think that's the case for everything though
0: it is yeah <laughs> true but these days yeah. like live action films they they for obvious reasons they're not dubbed as frequently as animated i don't think so
1: unless it's netflix. netflix netflix does it. they do do that yeah like re-watching miyazaki's movies as i get older and re-watching them now in the original japanese form i'm liking them so much better than i ever have before miyazaki
2: yeah. is one of the few exceptions i think not that i i do think the japanese is still better but there's always something interesting happening as long as there was a good company behind the English because you think about it Mm. the Kiki's delivery service we fell in love with Gigi because Bob Newhart was the voice of Gigi (laughs) and then Gigi and the original Japanese is a girl
1: so I I grew up on Spirited Away with the American cast
2: yeah I don't like
1: that very much
0: see I grew up on Kiki's uh, like I had the dubbed version on VHS so yeah very nice um any further thoughts on your name before we move on to our honorable slash dishonorable mentions?
2: You like Freaky Friday, but you don't want to think about what the media did to Lindsay Lohan. What's your <sighs> name?
1: Well, what did the
2: Lindsay Lohan? I don't know. Me- Listen, we are post-framing Britney Spears. We have to think about what they did to Lindsay Lohan as well.
0: And Amanda Bynes.
2: And Amanda Bynes.
0: All right, so we do have a lot of honorable mentions here. I
1: kept adding as you guys kept talking. Why are you like I know, this? I'm looking like there's more.
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to say how many there are. We're not even going gonna... to. I, you know, I, I just like we, always, you, we you, go have ahead. to keep
2: this quick. We have to keep this quick because there's so many. So no one is allowed to say more than one sentence. <laughs>
0: I'm down, and that works for you too. I. Oh boy! Unless
2: it's a movie so dear to your heart, but we cannot
0: spend two minutes on
2: Suicide Squad.
3: (laughs) Okay.
0: True. Yeah. The the ones that you really you really want to go into. Yeah, feel free. Um, but our first one here is Ten Cloverfield Lane. I'm just gonna say John Goodman.
1: John Goodman.
2: John Goodman. Also, it's tense as fuck. I love that movie.
1: It's better than Cloverfield, to be quite honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree.
0: Uh, next is 13th, the documentary by Ava DuVernay. Very good.
2: If you haven't seen it yet, what the fuck's wrong with you? Uh,
0: uh, double Feature with Time would be a great documentary double feature. So.
1: Oh, 13th is on Netflix, too.
0: Yeah. Next is Allied, which I never saw, but I think that was like a failed Oscar bait type thing. Oh i don't
1: like it i remember when i saw it me and my aunt we were there and my her my aunt's cousins
0: were there and then we left and they're
1: like that was boring and i was like i don't know it was all right I
0: <laughs> next is a, a film that christian and i have history with it's american honey with like christian had to convince me for months to watch this movie which was like three hours long and i finally watched it and i think i gave it like three and a half stars
1: I don't think I would like it on the second rewatch, but it does take place somewhere in Kansas City. And I, when True. I first saw it, I'm like, I know where that is. I know where that is.
2: I like Sasha Lane.
0: Yeah, she's good. Uh, next, the the best picture winner in our hearts. No, just kidding. Uh, it is Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice.
2: Uh, no, Batman v Superman It is a court Sorry. case. <laughs> um, I like it more than most people, but I am also not a Zack Snyder defender. So,
3: Martha.
2: I think it's (laughs) I think it's a movie that's allowed to be stupid and I'm just like I'm here for a stupid movie. I also it made me giddy it made me giddy about Wonder Woman.
0: Big Sonya was this year?
1: I mean it's listening.
0: Oh Oh, damn. Okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Okay, so Big Sonia, this is the nearer dear to my heart, so I'm talking about it. (laughs) So I am from the Kansas City region, and Big Sonia, Sonia is a woman who lives in the Kansas City region. She is a Holocaust survivor. She is, hallelujah, still alive. She actually just posted a few weeks ago that she got her COVID vaccine. So, you know, bless her. Um, All
2: of you get your COVID vaccine. We don't want no anti-vaxxers listening to us.
0: Thank you, so she is- we don't mind losing the anti-vaxxer crowd.
1: She's a Holocaust survivor. She used to go around to schools telling her story. So this is basically a little documentary directed by her granddaughter about her life, um, Holocaust survivor, and then coming to America and living here. And it is basically the story of her older life. And she used to work in a mall and that mall shut down. And it's like, what do you do now? But it's really good. And I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime or Canopy. Please, 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 everybody, please watch it. It's so good. Yeah. Or
2: have your library order it. My order library it. Sure. order
1: it. Yes, because my like, library
2: bought it. I think that's where I the, found it.
1: Well, the library systems here, she like gifted to them the nice. DVDs. Yeah, nice. It
2: is very lovely documentary.
1: And what's nice is like we pass sometimes by her shop. So, oh,
0: very cool. Uh, next, we have the Birth of a Nation, which I. Did it win the award? It was a big thing at Sundance. People were like, "Oh, it's going to be a best picture contender." And then uh, allegations of sexual assault against the director, Nate Parker. Nate Parker. Um, I've been
2: meaning to see it just to see what it was about, but I haven't seen it on streaming or the library will not get it. So I'm just like, "Eh, I'm not going out of my way to see it.
1: That movie crashed and burned. Oh, also, known cannibal Army Hammer, I think, is in
2: it. Yes, true. Known cannibal.
0: Wow, just, yeah, nothing good going on with that one. Uh, next we have from Kirsten Johnson, Camera Person, which I did catch, and it is very good, very personal.
1: Lovely,
0: beautiful. Yeah, kind of like a collage film. Um, and,
1: criterion, and it is from it is and it's a good blind buy, if y'all want a blind buy. Mm-hmm.
0: Love it. Uh, Captain America Civil War, which is uno- unofficially the third Avengers film. It is much. what
1: gave Chadwick Boseman, though.
0: True. True. It's well, still a- as Black Panther. Well, yeah.
1: Yes. In the role that pretty much made him. True. Yeah. Well known. It's still a bad movie.
0: And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Captain Fantastic, which I like, I actually think I, I'm not a big Vigo Mortensen fan, but I understand that nomination he got for Captain Fantastic.
2: It's honest. just an okay movie. It's an indie movie. I that's- don't remember it. I just remember he was kind of a dipshit dad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, kind of a bad yeah. dad. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, next, we have Certain Women, which I was not a big fan of, aside from the sequence with uh, Kristen Stewart and Lily Gladstone. Like, that was the only one of the segments that really hit me. So. I like it. I need to rewatch it.
1: I'm... I do not remember it.
0: Yeah. Lily Gladstone is in the next Martin Scorsese movie, so that's cool. Uh, next, we have Christine. Yes, I, I did a double feature of Christine And Kate Plays Christine Which
2: you did not put God, Because, oh, I, knew to,
1: because I knew you were going to talk about both of them
2: Yeah um, <laughs> they're, they're good um, They're interesting I don't think they're great at any time uh, I like Kate Plays Christine a little more I thought they were like movies that went together And it just turns out They were two movies in production at the same time Interesting Kate Plays Christine is more of a documentary But they like act out shit And I like that more is more of your biopic kind of thing.
0: Very nice. Uh, next one on the list here is Closet Monster. I'm pretty Cute sure it's little... a 2015 movie, but okay.
2: No, it is not. <laughs> the year says 2015. It came out 2016. Mm. Check your facts.
1: Well, it's a good movie nonetheless.
2: Anyway, Closet Monster is a good movie. I rewatched it. To see that movie. It's on some oh. of the streaming. I forget which one.
0: I, I didn't think I had... Could recall it, but then I looked at the poster and I know I've seen the poster before. So, uh, next we have The Conjuring 2, nowhere near as good as the first, but I enjoy it. It's a good it, movie, it's a good movie, yeah.
2: It's got a lot more heart than horror, I think, and I think that's why I like yes. it. Uh,
0: next we have Deadpool, which I liked when it came out, but I honestly think it's so overrated now.
1: And I really like it, and I think Ryan Reynolds did a good job. And I also, for some fucking reason or another, had it down as, like, that 10th Best Picture nominee that year. Amazing.
0: He got nominated like, Critics' Choice or something, and then everybody thought it was going to be a Best Picture nominee.
2: Didn't he get a Golden Globe nominee? And
0: a Golden Globe, yeah, but it comedy musical, obviously, so... Yeah,
2: but still. Yeah, it's fine. It's a fine movie. I don't love it.
0: I'm just not a Ryan Reynolds person. I don't know what it is, but... Same. Uh, next, we have Doctor Strange. Don't care. Yeah, good CGI. It does. It, it does have good visual effects. Uh, Don't Breathe, which is a really chilling and intense horror film that year. I like it. Yeah, it's good. The Edge of 17, which I really enjoy. I saw it for the first time like two years ago, and I think uh, it's really good.
2: I love it. I saw it on campus because they had like campus would show movies and like their auditorium loved it uh, and I, I want a poster that night it's still up on my wall oh.
0: good performances that in that one too especially Haley Steinfeld
2: and it's a movie that's really good it's like you get older like you start to mm-hmm. like feel different things because I've seen it like three or four times now
0: Nice. So good. anyway uh, L for which Isabel Huppert got nominated for best actress people were really shocked when it didn't make uh, international film I don't really like it but a lot of people do so and i think
2: it's an interesting film
1: this movie what's that we saw this movie i remember
2: when you guys were talking about it you were just like i don't know what to think about this
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's etched in my mind like
0: lots of trigger warnings for this film so yeah. you need to like look into that i do and- think who is very good <laughs> i wouldn't pick her but
1: that's the thing that threw me off because i had no idea what this movie was about and then things happen yeah. what the fuck <laughs> yeah
0: it's interesting. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It's mediocre. Yeah, that, that franchise itself is kind of doomed in a lot of ways right now um, going forward. Finding Dory, which we discussed, did not get into Best Animated Film.
1: It's cute. It's not one of the
2: best, though. No. It did make me emotional when I saw it. And uh, Sigourney Weaver almost made my best supporting film. Um, her, her listen when she came into the film i started crying laughing it was so good
0: <laughs> uh florence foster jenkins for which meryl got a nom for singing badly and because she's meryl it's awful it's so bad. i
1: saw this movie with it's a... not
2: awful because of meryl don't say no no, no. <laughs> that's the sentence you just said
0: <laughs> i said because she's meryl is why she got oh. a nom yeah
1: no, you you mixed up your sentences, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like the time she probably was like, "I I don't want this," but okay.
2: She they, they called her and she's like,
0: "Yeah, yeah, I got the num." Okay, and then went back to sleep. Hugh Grant is good. I like Hugh Grant in it. Grant. I saw
1: a bunch of old people, and I just remembered i had paid nothing for this because I had enough points saved up that it was like a free ticket.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, Ghostbusters. Uh,
1: controversial this movie was that it was all women and then like i yeah. saw it and i really really liked it still that's great it's a great movie so and i mean it still has its feet because now we have a
2: useless ghostbusters sequel coming out <laughs> that no one wants to see yep. that I, isn't a i got com- i got delayed I it's see, not a comedy
1: <laughs> I an argument with a kid like three years younger than me about this movie i was like well have you seen it yet He's like, no, but Ghostbusters shouldn't be women. I'm like, okay, we'll go fucking what?
0: It. Wow. Uh next we have the girl with all the gifts, which I have to admit is new to me.
1: Oh, it's good. It's so good. Really? I never the heard of it. Is in
0: oh. Uh oh. I
1: don't want to tell you what it's about, but you should see it.
2: It's a horror with a young black girl lead. I don't know if she's like an actor that did anything after that.
1: Interesting. But she's good. It's a good it, movie. It's so good. Like.
0: It's good. Next we have Green Room, which was this the... F- no, I don't think it was the final appearance of Anton Yelchin, but um, another pretty good really intense horror film.
2: Yeah, it's more year. of a thriller.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hail Caesar, very polarizing Cohen Brothers movie from that year.
1: It's, it's of symbol. It's okay. What is it was a symbol?
0: Hairspray Live.
1: The Superior Hairspray musical adaptation. Oh, wow. If you say so.
2: It's the Superior live TV shit. I don't know if there's too many that are better.
0: Mm. Uh, the Handmaiden, which was one I had on my list but didn't quite get to.
2: It's good. I thought it was a little overrated because people were going fucking gaga over it, but it's yeah.
0: good. Fine. Uh, hello, my name is Doris with the Sally Life. Field
2: delightful i'm
0: sorry i, I forgot to write it. it down
2: i saw it in a theater all old people and i saw these old ladies they had these massive bags of popcorn and i was like they know what they're doing
1: <laughs> oh and th- this was before reserve seating i sat at the very top row with all the old people i <laughs> have had a good time with this i got me a drink i got me some corn <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I am not your Negro. Uh, the documentary kind of reflection adaptation of James Baldwin's work. Very good. Yeah, very very one good. One of
1: one of the great documentaries of the year.
0: Yeah. Um, I Daniel Blake. That's I, fine. Put
1: this th- I was gonna say because I put this because I thought Zay had seen it.
2: I did. It's fine.
1: I think it won. Didn't it win the Palme d'Or too? Yeah. It did.
0: I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: yeah I think so because it's a criterion so it had something big behind it sure because that's how i got it from the library it's fine
0: uh, next we have the jungle book which in my opinion is the best of the live action remakes um, not that that's it's a big low deal bar. but yeah i actually think it's really good to be honest
2: <laughs> um actually it's the 1996 version of 101 dalmatians okay so there's uh, like- a <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> true of their current ones um Ketty? I?
1: I put that for Zay. It's a good fucking movie about cats. Just <laughs> just feral cats. As Angela ever said, did somebody say cats?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I forget the country. It's somewhere near the Middle East, I think. Maybe Turkey. It's Turkey. Okay. I think it might be Turkey. It's very good. It's very sweet, very cute. It's a if you're feeling bad, just put on that movie.
0: Very nice. Uh, next, going in the other direction, King Cobra.
1: <laughs> Who put King? Oh, I did. I've seen it. I liked it. I
2: mean, it's it's a fine movie. <laughs> One of those weird James Franco gay projects. <laughs> That he loved to do so much. I
1: does Brett know what it's
2: about?
0: No, I have never heard of this movie. You, oh, you have God. so many movies on here I've never even heard of.
1: Oh, it's about this porn actor, this gay porn actor, and <laughs> there's a murder involved. It's a true story. Oh, it's it's kind of good.
2: It's a low-key a lifetime movie.
0: <laughs> uh next we talk, we have Kubo and the two strings, which we touched on a little bit, which I think I, oh, I understand the visual effects nom for this. Like it's pretty marvelous in that way. I love I this gonna, movie despite its flaws.
1: I was going to say the one downside is like the cast. Half of them are not Asian actors. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
0: next we have Lemonade from Beyonce. I'm not sorry.
1: I would Amazing. like to see it again because I did not understand what the hell a like a long form music video thing was at the time.
2: Uh, it's so good. I rewatched it's it. It's really good. Chef's guest. It's one of the best. She changed the nation once again.
0: True. Uh, next we have Like T- like Cattle Toward Glow.
2: Uh, no one knows what this movie is. It was also on John Waters' list and I immediately went out to go look for it and I discovered the works of Dennis Cooper. Mm. Super subversive and just wild. I don't know how to describe it. Super queer. It's kind of an anthology film. I don't know. There's fucked up shit in it.
0: Next, we have The Lobster, which introduced me. No. It it was a yeah, 2016 release.
2: And it was nominated.
0: Yeah, in In screenplay, right?
2: Yeah, in the 2016 Oscars.
0: (laughs) This is what introduced me to Yorgos Lanthimos personally.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's weird.
0: Yeah. I don't like it. I, I remember when I first saw it,
2: I was in love with it. And then I keep watching it and I'm just like, oh, I don't like it as much as I used to. But it's still a very interesting movie. I
1: yeah. like Olivia Coleman's in it. Mm. Mm. Oh,
0: Next, we have The
1: Love Witch.
2: It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, what are you doing? Nothing looks like it anymore.
1: Also, follow Annabela on Twitter because she gives out movie suggestions and stuff. Biller. Biller. I've only seen it once. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Uh, next, we have Midnight Special, which I thought was... Wow, you said Wait, fuck
1: loving. dress.
0: Oh, sorry. Sorry. Court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next we have Loving, which I was not a huge fan of. It, I you know. fell asleep through it. So. It's yeah. it's
2: your standard movie about old racism.
0: Yeah. Uh, next, we have Midnight Special, which I thought was decent. Pretty good. It's
2: an X-Men movie without being about X-Men.
0: <laughs> True. Next Moana, which we, I think we all agreed we would not put in the animated film category. Uh, Next we have A Monster Calls, which I actually just watched the other night and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Late at night. So yeah, I went to bed just thinking about that. I thought it was really good.
2: I liked it, but I haven't really thought about it since I've
0: seen it. I think I read, I'm pretty sure I read the book. So I I think you did. Yeah. I didn't remember you talking about it. Yeah. Uh, next one we mentioned a little bit as well. My life is a zucchini.
1: Watch it in French, please. Yes,
0: very good. Celine Sciamma wrote it, which is really cool too. So, is she really? Yeah, what? that's why it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, next we have the Nice Guys, which a lot of people say is the superior Ryan Gosling film of this year. I personally don't agree, but I think it has its qualities here and there.
2: I think it's okay. I don't.
0: It's
2: know. a bro movie.
0: Nocturnal animals, which I think you either like or you just despise. I despise. I'm in the
2: despise category. I
0: liked it. I thought also this.
1: Taylor Johnson won a Golden Globe over Mahershala for this. Oh my god!
0: Yeah,
2: I think Amy Adams is good, but that's because she's good in everything,
0: almost. Except for yeah, we already know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Next, we have the Odyssey.
2: Yes, another uh, long-form music video by Florence and the Machine. Oh. Very dear to my heart. Uh, that album, um, "How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful," uh, one of my all-time favorites. I rewatched this. And I was just, uh, it's such a great, like, tearful and then a release. And ah, uh, it's on YouTube. Full things on YouTube. Go watch it. Nice.
0: Um, next we have OJ Made in America which whether you want to call it a film or series whatever incredible. my personal pick for the best documentary of the 2010s that I saw it's, I love it
1: it's so comprehensive it's yes. so much more than just like that case because it dives so much into like the actual racism of the country at the time and specifically Los Angeles and it's so good it's <laughs> worth however long it is
0: oh yeah easy Uh, Next we have Other People.
1: A very
2: good indie gay film. I think I made Christian watch it.
0: Um, Molly Chan is so good in it. Molly Chan is so good in it. Jesse Plemons. Plemons.
2: And Jesse Plemons is kind of chunky in it and he has a sex scene and it kind of just touched me because I'm like I've never seen this in a movie before. Like a gay man having a sex scene and he's got little belly rolls.
1: Toby
0: really likes this movie too.
2: I haven't seen it since the one time but It's it has a place in my heart.
0: Very nice. Next we have Passengers, which was another kind of like Oscar baity one that failed.
1: Of my Christmas movie, 2016.
0: I still haven't seen it. Don't. Avoided it. You
2: just remind whoever wrote this reminded me it exists.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Next we have Patterson with Adam Driver from.
1: What's that? Did you end up watching it.
0: Yeah, I did end up watching it last night. I'm still thinking about it. I still haven't pinned down how I feel. I need to rewatch it. I don't.
2: I I watched it. And I was like, I didn't have any feeling toward it.
0: It's very much about the mundanity of life and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, yeah. uh, Piper, is this Piper's referring to so the good. the short film?
2: Yeah, yeah. The best part of Finding Dory was seeing Piper work for it. So
0: oh good. I Love
2: that I fucking I little bird.
1: You're gonna say, well, I looked into it and I read about it and I. <laughs> I tend to not like it anymore.
0: No. It's, it's so good. It <laughs> is so good. Uh, next we have Pop Star, Never Stop Never Stopping. Gosh, all these movies I, I forgot came out this year. I should have watched this one too.
1: Fuck me like you fuck Ben Laden. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a funny movie.
0: People
2: like this movie more than I did. And I, I don't know. I don't dislike it, but I just didn't think it was like super funny.
1: They're
0: so bits. I, They're I, bits. I,
1: the second time I saw it, the first time it's like a rip, roar, riot. <laughs> uh,
0: next we have Queen of Katwe with um, Lupita mm-hmm. Nyong'o, right?
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Good, actually, was decent. Kind of your gen, general sports drama, but with chess
1: and Disney, Disney and Disney.
2: Uh,
0: the Red Turtle, which we discussed a little bit, which does not have any dialogue. Um, animated film it is it is very a gorgeous movie
2: beautiful gowns
0: beautiful gowns next we have Rogue One a Star Wars story which I think it's fine
1: I like it the I character development like is it. so
0: bad in my opinion but I
1: will I- say I will never forgive it for making AMC switch to reserve seating because it is because of this film that is the reason Mm. That is what they told me.
0: So. I think if you like take the last 30 minutes, it's great. Everything before then, yeah.
2: And, I like the characters. I mean, I agree the character development is not great, but I like the characters. Yeah. Um, I forget their names, but they're a gay couple for sure.
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> Rules don't apply.
3: Warm <laughs> baby.
0: Uh next we have the salesman phenomenal film from oscar farhadi he won best international film for this but did not attend the ceremony um first because he was unable to because that was around the time where trump was implementing the travel ban and then when he was able to get in he decided not to in protest so
1: um and it's really good
0: it's so good good.
1: is it still on amazon prime
0: yes that's where i watched it uh, next, we have the film that uh, President Barack Obama said was proof that there <laughs> is a God. It is Sausage Party.
1: Uh, I'm not a soft taco. I'm a hard, horny taco. I have not seen it.
0: You didn't see it for this?
1: No, because
2: y'all didn't vote for it, so I did not see it.
0: <laughs> I forgot, yeah, this wasn't our poll, so...
1: I made my dad watch the last scene, which is like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Interesting one there. Uh, Next, we have The Shallows. Uh, The prequel to
2: Stars Born. Um, (laughs) No, it's just just a shark movie with... uh, What's her name?
1: Blake Lively. Blake
2: Lively. I like it. I I saw... saw
1: I saw a thing the other day it was like a remake of The Shallows, but it's Ted Cruz and the shark wins.
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus <God>. Christ. <laughs> it's good. I saw it in the theater and everyone was like, you paid money to see that? And I was like, yeah, I did. And I had a good fucking time.
0: Very nice. Uh, next we had Sheen Godzilla.
2: Very good Godzilla movie. It's like I'm going through the Godzilla movies now and I'm going to go back to it okay christian is too because i started um <laughs> it's very good it's like if you want to see a more like contemporary godzilla film made by japanese filmmakers and not american filmmakers it's very potent and it's amazing
0: very nice Next is The Secret Life of Pets, which I've never seen, never seen.
1: I hate this movie. I've
0: never had a desire. It just, I don't know. Okay. So basically, take the
1: plot of Toy Story and make it animals. That's what it is.
2: And it made a billion dollars.
1: It made a billion dollars. <laughs> There's a ride at like Universal Japan uh, or something.
0: Next, we have the Martin Scorsese film of the year Silence, uh, which I think is very good. I don't love it. I like it a lot it's really good it is good it
2: has a lot of great ideas in it that I
1: appreciate remember when I was super excited to see it
0: (laughs) I saw it at like the latest showing the theater had so that was a late night for me Um, that late though yeah true Uh, good performances though too
2: this next film I remember me and Christian getting into a spat because I hated this movie and he was like I think it's cute
1: (laughs) I still think it's cute
0: the film is Sing, another animated film from that year
1: I mean the koala the koala reminds me of myself. He has a lot of dreams okay i just did, i I found it just to
2: be annoying i went i went to i took my brother to see it. That's the only reason I saw your
1: it' brother's, like first movie in a theater
2: was it maybe it
1: might have been i that's all I can remember something was his first movie. It might have been, but I don't know and there's a sequel coming so mm-hmm. one day. <laughs>
0: next we have sing street
1: drive it like you stole it very good movie Um, it is also now a musical like Hmm. on broadway yeah well not right now well (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: next we we have splits
1: overrated 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 I hate this movie
0: I think it's fine there are obviously issues there glass is terrible
1: glass is oof
0: uh, next, we have Star Trek Beyond, which I think is the only one from that series—the new series—I haven't seen yet. To I haven't be honest. seen
1: it those movies age well. Like as they progress, Star Trek, then the Into Darkness, and this one—they got fun. I like it.
0: I really like Into Darkness, um, personally. But Suicide Squad, which I personally hated.
1: Excuse me, excuse me. That's Academy Award winner. Suicide winner
0: Suicide Squad.
1: I like it more than most people.
0: Uh, next we have Soli, Clint Eastwood film with Tom Hanks
1: My aunt bought the DVD of this we watched it she hated it she returned the DVD to Target now fun fact you can't return open DVDs to Target <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's a perfectly okay movie if cable films were still a thing it would definitely mm-hmm. be a cable movie
0: yeah um yeah, I think I think it's good. It's fine. It's probably Clint Eastwood's best movie in recent years because he has a lot of stinkers. I don't know what else the is out mule. there. The mule. The mule. Oh, the mule is very good. You're what? right. You're right. I Even forgot about the I mule. I think the mule was pretty good. The last one I think of from him is that whatever the 1517 to Paris, which I think is one of Oof. the worst movies of the decade. So oh,
1: this year too. I know th- that's 2017.
0: Did I see that? It's I awful. remember. Oof. So bad. Uh, Swiss Army Man, which I love, it's probably a polarizing I movie.
2: That movie, I love that movie. It's oh so my. good. It's definitely not a Christian movie. <laughs> no, as in our friend Christian, but I guess there's probably not Christian values in it either. <laughs>
0: uh, next is Tallulah.
1: It's a good movie. It has Elliot's age and they steal a baby. Who else is I, in there? There's another
2: person oh,
1: in uh, it. Okay, oh, uh Allison Janney. Okay, so she is in that movie. Yeah, it was like a Juno. Nice. It was like a Juno reunion. But I saw it only like last year, and I really enjoyed it. Like it's interesting.
2: I saw what it was like one of the first like Netflix is like, hey, 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 we got some movies. Look at this.
0: Yeah, Uzo Aduba is in it too. Yes, to, I she's you. like a
2: and a role that doesn't sue her, but she's. She's doing what she can.
0: Next we have Tickled, a film which I've heard a lot about but have never seen.
2: Everyone needs to see Tickled. You're, <laughs> you'll lose your goddamn mind.
0: I'm
1: fairly confident that Maddie, friend to the podcast, she like saw this at a midnight screening. Because <laughs> <laughs> she told me about it, and I was like, oh. Ah.
2: Literally, my friend said he was like, "I was just looking. <laughs> I think it's on Hulu right now or something." Because he texted me, he was like, "Yeah, I was just looking for a documentary to take my mind off things." And he <laughs> saw tickled, and he was like, "Say, what do I do with this? What do I do with this information?" I'm like, "You're wrecked now," because I'm still thinking about it <laughs> to the point where I was like, "I need to put this on our honorable
0: mentions." Wow. Uh, next is Tony Erdmann, uh, another contender for international film. I was going to watch it, but then I was like, oh, it's three hours. I, I, I wanted to focus on other things, so I didn't get to I it. I
1: watched it for you.
0: <laughs> I like it. I'm pretty sure it was like the odds on favorite to win until the travel ban came into effect, and then they're like, oh, wait, wait we got to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. go with Farhadi so, here. So.
1: so, You could say, thanks, Trump. Oh, my God. No. Not where I was
2: going with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're both good movies.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I like the salesman more but I yeah.
0: uh, Next, we have Train to Busan, a zombie film from South Korea, which I just watched the other day as well.
1: And just got announced, we're getting the American remake.
0: <sighs> there's sequels
1: too.
2: There's, there's so many... <laughs> fast train transportations here in America. <laughs> yeah,
0: seriously. Uh, gosh, trolls. So many Underrated. animated movies came out this year. Underrated. Underrated. It's actually pretty cute.
2: This is the year the animated film started to die, I think.
3: <laughs>
0: wow.
1: <laughs> bye bye, Mr. <miss> <laughs>
0: Next, we have Under the Shadow, a very good uh, horror film from Iran. It's good. It's, it's a British movie, actually, but then it takes place. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay, technical. Oh, wait, no, wait, I, I did know that. Yeah, now I think about it. Uh, next, we have Weiner. 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 Oh,
1: is I, it? Oh, my God. Who says Anthony Weiner? I, I lived know. with that just to hear Brett say it. I
0: didn't, I didn't know. I, I didn't think somebody would actually like, I figured if you knew your last name was Wiener, you would change it or something. but
1: no, not leave. if
2: you're Anthony Wiener. <laughs>
1: okay, look, this is it's actually, a, it's a decent documentary. He's a total perv. There was just a lot of shit going on in 2016 with elections and he did not make it any easier for literally even the presidential election. Okay, so.
0: <sighs> All right. Next is Wild Oats.
1: Jessica Lange and Shirley MacLaine have the time of their Mm. lives.
2: This is a TV movie. It's (laughs) (laughs) good. It's fine.
0: Next we have The Witch, which Uh, is so good. One of the best horror films of the decade. or All-time faves. Fine.
2: One of my all-time faves.
1: What's that like to live deliciously?
0: (laughs) <laughs> I'm good, thank you. This <laughs> makes me chills. Gosh, Black Phillip! Wow, it's so good.
1: How it was, it was completely shut out of the Oscars? I will say though, when I saw it, because I have like a Catholic upbringing, and when it gets like hella intense, uh, I was freaking out. I couldn't even chew my popcorn, and I remember <laughs> I'm not that's not like exaggeration. I could not chew my popcorn because it got like quiet <laughs> and then it gets loud. And I'm like, I don't want to disturb this movie. There no <laughs> other People in there with me.
0: I think between this and split is where most people, including myself were introduced to Anya Taylor joy as well. And she has obviously blown up in the last year quite a bit. So, uh, and our, our final of our honorable mentions that we have here is Zootopia, which we've discussed a little bit as well the Best Animated Film winner from that year. The Shakira song
2: from its laps. True. I think it's
0: really good.
1: My but, dad to show it to his class. Oh. In Spanish.
0: Um, want to give a shout out here because we did, uh, when we were thinking about, you know, films to check out, we did have, uh, we put on Twitter, you know, wanted to hear what some folks said was th- some of their movies that they liked from 2016 um, or some that they just, you know, thought we might be worth checking out. Um, Shout out to John T uh, who mentioned silence, a monster calls from afar and La Tessa. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And shout to Erica as well, uh, who actually writes with me at In Session Film. Um, She mentioned how to be single, me before you, Sully, the accountant and the founder all came out this year as well.
1: Me Before You, I sat next to a Vietnam vet because it said it on his vest. That man was crying through that. <sighs> movie. Aww. And I was just like, oh, that's fun. But you said it's a fun?
2: No, he's fun crying. <laughs> um, I was like... It's oh, like a big early would...
1: man is like, oh my God, this is sad. I mean, I'm like, I read the book, so I know what's happening.
2: It's, I think it's very problematic.
0: I, um, I was a I huge fan. I
2: don't like it's 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 very inherently ableist I'm just like mm, 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 mm. yeah what's the the actress in that
0: Amelia Clark yes okay so that's why I I like her I like Amelia Clark everyone watched last Christmas she is funny in that movie that movie's got a really good cast I wasn't a huge fan of it but the cast is really good
2: it's one of the best movies of all time Brett don't (sighs) deny yourself it has the best twist ending to ever come out of a fever
0: dream. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. All right. So, uh, yeah, we went through a number of honorable mentions there. Um, so, if there, if there were some that we recommended that you weren't aware of, or someone's going to be
2: pissed that we didn't spend that much time on like the 1927 honorable mentions. <laughs>
0: like Christian said, we were all like very aware, uh, you know, we're following movies at this time. So, I mean, this is all right around where we were like in our, our final years of, of college. So um,
3: of <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, went and saw movies to cope in 2016, basically. So, um, so we're going to jump into our personal nominees and winners. Now we are doing a little bit, something different with the acting this time and we Um, We'll touch on that when we get to those, but we'll start where we normally begin. Let's go ahead and jump into Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, Christian, yes.
1: I want to go first. Go first. Yes, you got it. Cool. Cool. All right. I don't think I've ever gone first. Here we go. Adapted Screenplay. So my five are number five, Deadpool, because I do like that movie. Number four, Fences. Number four, Hunt for the... You You said four twice. Five Deadpool, four fences, three. <laughs> for the wilder people. <laughs> I'm sorry, it sticks. Okay. Uh, number two, Arrival. And my winner is Moonlight.
0: Very nice. Uh, tell you what, I will go next. Save the best for last. Yeah. And uh, at number five, I have Silence. Number four, I have Hunt for the wilder people. Number three, maybe a little bit different because it is a documentary, but I went with I Am Not Your Negro. Number two, I went with Arrival. And number one, Moonlight. Well,
2: for number five, I have Hunt for Wilder People. Number four, Fences. Number three, Silence. Number two, Moonlight. And number one, Arrival.
0: Very Nice. I think we, we all agreed much on the on top the... two,
2: right? Yeah, most of the top five. I mean, we split just a couple ways, mm-hmm. which is w- because the the adapted screenplay was the only one where I was like, I can leave off one or two, and I'm fine with these five.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I had a much harder time with original, as you mentioned earlier Absolutely. today. Uh, Christian, why don't you take us away there?
1: Well, my originals, I don't know. It's fine. I could change it every now and then. But number five, I got Zootopia. Number four, I have 20th Century Women. Number three, I have Jackie. Number two, I have The Edge of Seventeen. And my winner is Manchester by the
0: Sea. Even as you're mentioning some, I'm like, is this really how I feel? Okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Number five, I have Jackie. Number four, I have Everybody Wants Some. Number three, I have The Salesman. Number two, 20th Century Women. And number one, Manchester by the Sea.
2: Now see... I, I don't remember if I said, we've been re- recording so long now. Um, I don't know if I said I put 20th Century Woman in my screenplay or if I left it out because I did leave it out. Oh, okay. Because it was the one, like, I was like, listen, listen. <laughs> these five are the five for me. Like, these are the five where I was just like, right when I was screenplay screenplays, right when I was like so interested in this shit. So these are the five that are kind of just like in my face. And I got to do it. I'm sorry, 20th century women. You're in my heart. <laughs> um, number five, we have Jackie. Number four, we have The Love Witch. Number three, Manchester by the Sea. Number two, The Edge of Seventeen. And number one, The Witch.
0: See, I you, you go up to 10 with this one. That's a tough Honestly, category.
2: There's so you, many others that I wanted to put in here. And I was just like, I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I love all of you. Body.
0: You said Not the witch. And, and Christian, you said Edge of 17. I'm like, oh, OK. Uh, OK, so now we're going to move on to the acting categories here. And what we decided to do here was instead of doing it kind of the gendered way that the Academy and most award shows do it, Uh, We're going to be more inclusive here and just go with two big categories, best supporting performance, best uh, leading performance, and any up to 10 films, any performance we choose in those categories. And so, um, Christian, why don't you go ahead and take it away here?
1: With supporting?
0: Us, Yes, with supporting.
1: Okay, so I have 10. Okay, so at number 10, I got Elle Fanning for 20th Century Women. Number nine, John Goodman for 10, Cloverfield Lane. Number eight, Jarrell Jerome for Moonlight. Ooh. At number seven, Greta Gerwig for 20th Century Women. Number six, Naomi Harris for Moonlight. And my top five, Michelle Williams, Manchester by the Sea. And number four, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea. Number three, because this is my list, I have a tie. Technically not a tie because I did this with Thelma and Louise, but it is Ashton Sanders and Alex Hibbert for Moonlight as um, teenage and child Chiron. At number two, I have Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, and my winner is Viola Davis for Offenses.
0: How many did you have for Moonlight?
1: In supporting?
0: Four. Yeah. Four. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good ensemble. Okay, um, I attend 10 as well. At number 10, I have Ashton Sanders for Moonlight. Uh, Number nine, I have Kate Dickey for The Witch. Number eight, I have Greta Gerwig for 20th Century Women. Number seven, I have Fareed Sajadi Hosseini. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly from The Salesman. Um, Number six, Naomi Harris from Moonlight. Number five, Lucas Hedges from Manchester by the Sea. Number four, I have Glenn Powell from Everybody Wants Some. Number three, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight. Number two, Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. And number one, Viola Davis for Fences. I'm pretty sure four of these performances showed up in my top 10 supporting performances of the decade list. So I thought it was really strong this year.
2: Okay. So y'all named your list and now I'm just like, I don't think I did the right thing here. (laughs) You were the one to suggest
0: we do this, too.
2: No, no, no. I meant like. What did you do? Just the, no. The, like the people that like I put on here because <laughs> like you guys named so many good people. And I'm like, oh, I didn't give them awards. Oh, oh no. <laughs> this
0: is such, I was like, how do you do it differently? I, OK, yeah. Why I is see. this
2: such a stacked year?
0: Yeah, it's tough. I was so upset that I had to leave off Rachel House. Like, I am so Same, upset was, about that. She
2: was thrown off mine. Um, okay, okay, okay. So here's mine. Number 10, Chris Hemsworth for Ghostbusters. <laughs> Number 9, Kira Sedwick for The Edge of Seventeen. 8, Daniel Radcliffe for Swiss Army Man. Very good. 7, Naomi Harris for Moonlight. 6, Ralph Ineson for The Witch. 5, Michelle Williams for Manchester by the Sea. 4, Woody Harrelson for The Edge of Seventeen. Uh, 3, Janelle Monet for both Hidden Figures and Moonlight. Um, number two, John Goodman for 10 Cloverfield Lane. And number one, Mahershali for Moonlight. You notice, I did not add Viola Davis Ooh. because I am a contrarian and I believe she's in the other category.
0: I wondered if somebody would go that route. And it was I! <laughs> That's usually how it goes. <laughs> uh moving on to best lead performer. Christian, would you like to take us away here? Yes. And number 10,
1: I have Emma Stone for La La Land. Whoa. And number nine, I have Annette Benning for 20th Century Women. And number eight, I have Julian Dennison for Hunt
0: for the Wilder people. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm like not even
0: joking. <laughs> it's funny because you said the wilder part and then paused. <laughs>
1: I didn't think about it. Okay, at number seven, I have Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool. Number six, Denzel for Fences. Five, Travante Rhodes for Moonlight. Number four, I have Haley Steinfeld for The Edge of Seventeen. Number three is Amy Adams for Arrival. Number two, well, actually, the more I think about this, this is pretty much a tie for me. So tied for first is both Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea and Natalie Portman for Jackie. Is there, but just Fair. both performances that are like transcendent.
0: All right. So at number 10, I have Anya Taylor Joy for The Witch. Number nine, I have Andrew Garfield for Silence. Number eight, I have Haley Steinfeld for The Edge of 17. Number seven, Annette Benning for 20th Century Women. Number six, Denzel Washington for Fences. Number five, Tarana. Alice Busti for the salesman. Number four, Amy Adams for Arrival. Number three, Shahab Hosseini for the salesman. Number two, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. And of course, number one, it was always going to be Natalie Portman for Jackie. And, but I agree. Th- those top two performances are both really stellar. The Academy actually like got it right with a lot of these categories this year, which is wild, so...
2: Well, here comes me with Contrarian. Number 10, Taraji P. Henson for Hidden Figures. Number nine, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. Eight, Annette Bedding for 20th Century Women. Seven, Sam Neal for Hunt for the Wilder People. Uh, six, Heile Stenfield, Edge of 17. Uh, five, Julian Dennison for Hunt for the Wilder People. I think they're both lead. Um, Four, Anya Taylor Joy for The Witch. Three, okay, the, my top three is, is like any of these could get it. And I'm like, whatever, yeah. Uh, three, Natalie Portman for Jackie. Two, Amy Adams for Arrival. And the winner is Viola Davis for Fences.
0: Gosh, yeah. I... <sighs> Part of the reason I didn't put Viola the lead, also for the argument, which is because you episode... wanted
2: Natalie Portman to
0: win. Well, no, it's just, I wouldn't know who to choose. I wouldn't know who to choose between them. Uh, Like I, I, I would have to do what Christian did. Probably go with a tie, honestly. And you
1: know what? There's no rules here. I let a dog win once. That's true. Uh, Miss Piggy. She won for me once or she was nominated.
0: All right. Now let's move into our penultimate category. Best director, Christian, you want to take us away here?
1: Yes, at uh, number five, um, I have Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea. Number four, Pablo Larraín for Jackie. Number three, Denis
0: Villeneuve? Is it O'Neuve? Okay. Okay. Yeah, Arrival.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you there? But Denis people. <laughs> uh, number two, Barry Jenkins in for Moonlight. And my winner is Damien Chazelle for La La Land. Because I think he does just a fucking great job with
0: that movie. Mm mine's mine's very similar actually number five i have ezra edelman for oj made in america number four i have kenneth lonergan for manchester by the sea number three our our top three are the same Denis villeneuve for arrival number two barry jenkins for moonlight and number one damien chazelle for la la land what a director showdown between those two just exquisite work
2: is this the first time that your guys' winner for director is not even on my list.
0: Ooh, possibly.
2: Number five, I have Anna Beller for The Love Witch. Number four, Pablo Lauri, Laurine for Jackie. What? You couldn't pronounce Denevue Villeneuve. Villain, villain, <laughs> I combined his fucking name. Um, number three, Ava DuVernay for 13th. Two, Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. And number one, Denis Villeneuve
0: for Arrival. (laughs) It's kind of cool. We both added directors from documentaries on ours, though. That's cool.
2: All right. Which is also a documentary. Uh,
0: So heading into Best Picture, our final category. Christian, take us away here.
1: All right. So this is, I don't know, this is kind of interesting. I took, from what I rewatched, Plus the top 10 that I had already had for 2016 sort of looked at them and I was like, you know what? I'm pretty satisfied with this. Uh, a couple of these could be a little bit off, but so number 10, I have hunt for the wilder people. Uh-huh. Number nine, utopia. Number eight, OJ made in America. Again, worth that long, long watch. Number seven, the edge of 17, Six, Thirteenth. great documentary as well. Number five, moonlight for Jackie, three arrival to la la land. And my winner is Manchester by the sea, which I actually saw on my Facebook memories the other day. I even said that <clears throat> it was my favorite movie of 2016. So I was like, Oh, yep. okay.
0: I remember that. All right. And this is actually, mine changed quite a bit. Um, from when I built it in 2016, especially the lower half. um, and number 10, I have Jackie. Number nine, I have The Witch. Number eight, 20th Century Women. Number seven, Arrival. Number six, The Salesman. Number five, Moonlights. Number four, OJ, Made in America. Number three, La La Land. Number two, Manchester by the Sea. And number one, sorry, Zay, Everybody Wants Some. Which actually didn't make my director light up, which, is, which was a tough choice, but...
2: Oh, yeah, same, same, same. (laughs) Linklater was right up there. Uh, But then, does Seth Rogen direct Sausage Party? I don't remember. I
0: I have no idea. I don't.
2: Regardless, I didn't see that movie and it still beat out Linklater. Anyway, (laughs) um, my number 10, your name. Uh, Number nine, camera person. Eight, Jackie. Seven, Manchester by the Sea. Six, oh, I also broke the rules. I did non-feature films because, whatever. Uh, the Florence and the Machine, a long-form music video, The Odyssey. Number five, 13th. Number four, Beyonce's Lemonade. Uh, three, Moonlight. Two, The Witch. And number one, Arrival.
0: Very nice. So yeah. Uh... Thinking back to our first episode, I know both of you had uh, your, your number one from that episode uh, on your number one here. So they are both nominated for Best Picture, and my number two was. So, um, yeah, w- what a year. 2016, what a year for movies. A um, lot, lot to check out, a lot out there, a lot that we got to see you know, in theaters at the time.
2: And I mean, as always... With my the what I nominated for best picture, it's like one of the few that's like closest to what the Academy like kind of I mean it's only three, but that's still three of my top ten being in their top, what was it, nine? Yeah. So
0: yeah, for sure.
2: And then we've only gotten worse since. (laughs) I'm not excited (laughs) for these Academy Awards because I can't imagine what they're gonna do.
0: Get ready for Mank.
2: No, I don't. <laughs> if it wins Best Picture, I'm gonna have to see that.
0: I don't think it will, but I think the trial of Chicago Chicago Seven will. So I should say, should say, prepare for that.
3: Oh. I haven't
2: seen
0: that uh, either.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's not worth it.
3: But
1: anyway, first
2: cow. I'm listen. I was not on the 2020 episode talking about first cow. First cow is what needs to win Best Picture.
1: Wow, after you saw Minari, just drag that one through the mud.
2: Oh, Minari's also good. You're right.
0: Nomad Land's right there
2: in, in mm, the rep no, spot.
1: Nomad Land's good,
2: but it's not First Cow.
1: Oof. Wow, Minari Oof. just sound dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, this has been fun as always um, to go over this year and kind of see what we thought. Uh, and thanks for listening. Uh, we, you've been with us for a while with this one. And I, you know, it was so worth it to go into all these films and everything that was happening this year. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, gildedfilms.com, Facebook, Letterboxd, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, thanks, as always, to Joshua Arnoldi for doing our theme music. And Zay, thanks, as always, for joining us. Uh, I believe, Zay, you'll be on next for our episode on 1929-1930. Is that um, nice? It might be. I'm, I, I think that's the next one. For you, honest, it's but... not next, next. but Yeah um yeah fun as always any final thoughts from you or anything you want to plug um
2: no thanks everyone
0: <laughs> perfect christian any final thoughts from you the the
1: correct response was there are many things i want to plug
0: not in the corn, not in
2: not in 2021 oh. maybe next maybe next year
1: true but no, um, yeah, next time's going to be cool because I get to go back to classic movies.
0: Yes, our next episode will be the Oscars of 1964 mm-hmm. uh, where My Fair Lady won Best Picture. And I know Christian's going to have fun because we're watching a lot of musicals for that one. We're so... not
1: watching one. We're not watching two. We're not watching three, but we are watching four musicals. Damn. Yeah.
0: Very nice. Very excited for that. So be sure to tune in next time and thanks for listening.
1: See ya.
2: Bye.